Welcome to Bonehead. Did, did he freeze up on you too, Joe? He froze. Yeah, it literally like, he got out. Hey, hey. froze. Hey, sped back up. Joe well, had a stroke. Part two. <laughs> hey, you guys. Bonehead part two. Bonehead nineties part two. Electric, Electric boogaloo. In honor of our good friend, who I hope still occasionally listens, Mick Strong. Can we call him Nicholas? I know it's not his name, but like Nick, but you know, Nick would be Nicholas. Can we call him Nicholas Strawn? That sounds like he would tell Nicholas the future. Mickleby. That sounds like he would tell the future, right? Like you would call an 800 number or a, a 900 number, I'm sorry, to hear, here's a great Nicholas tell your future. Nicholas Mickleby. <laughs> and then I just want Big Strawn screaming into a phone, you're going to die. Click. <laughs> because well, that yeah, eventually, I think that's coming. Yeah. Forward. I mean, if you, so that, that would, once again, Mick, if you are listening and want to do that plan, We'll record that commercial. Joe can direct. Oh, I'm retired. <laughs> All right, guys. So we left off on June 30th, what, which really? was so in, in before, flash- before we before we get into that, we need to talk about something that's happened that has happened the, today that we recorded. We have two big birthdays today. Did you not know this? No, uh, it's, it's not Newton. Newton was born on Christmas, and he invented well, them figs. Uh, the first one, Gene Wilder. Today would have been his birthday. Why do we celebrate birthdays of dead people? I'm serious. I never because, quite that. In all honesty, I would. I, I, and this is going to sound terrible. I look back in history at people that they do have birthdays for, and honestly, Gene Wilder probably did more for me than those, some of those people. Well, yeah, I get you there. All right, who's yeah, there? Adrian Barbeau. All right, Adrian. She Bar- is 76 today, guys. For, we for saw those, her 10 years ago, and she didn't look a day. Uh, Adrian yeah. looked good 10 years ago. I, I know that sounds awful. I know we're three guys, but Adrian Barbeau looked absolutely stunning that day. For those of you that don't know, Adrian Barbeau was the inspiration for the Barbeau bots. <laughs> C-Lab 2021. Four, four people are going, ah, C-Lab. Uh, never forget. I want to be a Barbeau bot. I don't think that's possible, Chief. All right, anyway. June 30th. <laughs> Yeah. So June 30th, for those that need just a quick reminder, we left off on Wiki Wiki Yo Yo Bang Bang and a foul mouth eight year old. So South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and Wild Wild West came out. One of those was better than the other. So are we ready to jump forward to And July? one of them had Selma Hike. <laughs> That's true. Selma Hike, gonna go save Selma. Me and Artemis Crab Frog gonna go save Selma <laughs> Hike for a big metal spider. Artemis mm. Crab Frog, correct me. Oh, all right, guys. What is what's the next one? July second, which is 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 um yeah, yeah, the Friday, which is June thirtieth, is off close to. That being said, so those are midweek releases that ended. Uh, Did you get that pork chop out of your teeth, Joe? I'm getting um, it. I'm just sitting there making weird faces to, myself. To our YouTube, uh, to our audio listeners, Joe is picking his tooth with a toothpick while James No, gets no, no, no. It's not even a whole toothpick. It's like a little splinter. See? Not the Ninja Turtle splinter. A very small. Oh, my God. Small... That would be good, though. Like, if you just shove a rat that knows Kung Fu in your mouth, he'd take care of anything stuck in there. He'd take, he Kung fu hey, that yeah. plaque right <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, just one of them high yas. Anyway, I, I, by the way, I would have paid I would have paid fifty dollars if Joe would have done that, and it, a literal whole pork chop would have found <laughs> the camera. I don't actually think that Norberg, Norberg, you got something. That, you got something. You got something, Norberg. No, no, the out. other side. It's out. 
No, it's actually you can't actually do that. But keep going, James. So July second, which would have been the actual weekend after those early releases, um, we get uh, not a bunch of movies that people remember, but there's one that I actually was like, oh, you know what? I need to go back and rewatch that. So here, here they are, just quickly. Um, Summer Spell. Nope. Nobody cares. Broken Vessels. Nope. Elvis Gratton Two. I have no idea. No clue what that is. Uh, Hote Hote. No idea. Nope. But. The one that I was like, oh, you know, nobody actually talks about this movie, and I haven't seen it in years, so I probably should give it another chance. Summer of Sam. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's one of those. <clears throat> excuse me, one of those movies that I think that and Clockers, I think I'd appreciate more now than I did when I saw them. Yeah. So directed by Spike Lee. Yeah. That, am am I Clockers. getting this? Am I getting this wrong in terms of history? Wasn't Summer of Sam like his first venture out of a more diverse cast, like a lot more? There, there was a it was Adrian Brody, John, Adrian Brody, Mira Savino, Jennifer yeah. Esposito, um, BB Newworth, hmm. yeah, Patty Lapone, Anthony Paglia, Ben Garza. Yes, so yes, yeah. Chad, the answer would have been yes, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I think I saw it once, maybe in the early. I'm with uh, you. Early odds, and I probably just need to see it. Again. Yeah, I need to now see it again I know too. More, because I've actually seen more actual documentaries about that, and and what it was like. So I probably would appreciate because the movie's really not about. It's not really about. It's not about the serial killer at all. It's about the, it's about the, the tension that was that time and the tension. Yeah, in, yeah. In the, the, the one part I remember is, and is it John Leguizamo? Where basically, and I it probably is one of the other cast, and I just don't remember. But in my head, where she dyes her hair. Yeah. And because there was that the belief that he would only kill people, right. and and, and yeah. he has the the male actor in the scene has the line, "It feels like I'm cheating on you with you." Yeah, I don't know what that scene I remember. No, I you know though that and the other Spike Lee film is Clockers, and I feel of those ensemble casts right. Yeah, and I feel like I didn't quite grasp them then. And I wonder I, if I, I, how my opinion had changed now watching them. I will say this. I actually legitimately like Clockers and still do. I've, I've watched it several years ago again, and I still, I, it still held up for me. But uh, Summer Sam was, yeah, I, I watched it and I'm like, this is good. Like, I'm a, Summer, I'm a Spike Lee fan, but I watched that one. I'm like, it's good, but I kind of left it. I never rewatched it because it wasn't, it didn't leave an impact on me. So maybe we do yeah. need to rewatch that one. Was Clockers remade and directed by Jonathan Frakes? four people that joke was for that joke was for four people none of them watched this show james i've actually never seen clock stoppers (laughs) i'll see you in court both spike lee and jonathan frakes hey two takes frakes and nice guy all right next one all right you want to talk about a weekend of counter programming we're going i thought you were gonna say i thought you want to talk about weekend of bernie's i'm like no no that wasn't 99 i thought he was gonna say Um, so we're all three on a different page so July 9th, the weekend of July 9th, we get uh, a couple of independent films, late August, early September, Genghis Blue, Le Diner de Cons, uh, Conte de Oman. But the two films that people might have a chance of remembering, again, you want to talk about counter-programming, Arlington Road mm. against American Pie. Let's just wow. sit down and watch those in order. Well, I watched American Pie, I think, the weekend it came out, or at least right around that time. 
I didn't see American Pie Tale. Was that on video? I, I was not part of that. I didn't see Arlington Road either, by the way. I, well, I saw I liked Arlington, Arlington Road later. Yeah. I just saw it later, but I didn't. I'm saying this was not. I one didn't of go the out and see either one in the theater, no, because it just that was neither one was my cup of tea at the time, even though Arlington Road did have Tim Robbins and Jeff Bridges in it, for God's sakes. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I actually enjoyed I, I yeah, I, you know, I, I forgot the name of it already. <laughs> It's so fucked up. Are you telling American Pie? Pie. I forgot the name of American Pie. It literally slipped my mind. But I actually enjoyed American Pie when it came out. You got to remember, we hadn't really had one of those teen, uh, well, what I would call, and I'm going to defend a little bit, what a fairly decently well made teen sex comedy would probably have been Porky's since we'd had something that that was that successful and that caught on that well. I mean, the 80s are chock full of teen sex comedies, but I don't know that anybody remembers Screwballs. No, no. Well, I was about to say, and also, it, it, it's, I mean, it's a sex comedy, but it's got a little bit of heart to it. It does. It, it, it has a little bit of heart of it. Now it has what we would be, what, what would be considered a scene that wouldn't be made today. Yeah, yeah. But it also, I mean, you know, it, 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 it wins out in a couple different ways because it has i mean the cast is pretty good you have yeah uh, it's a good cast you have biggs hannigan um sean william scott that's it most of those people went on to have pretty long careers well, and they're still i mean they're still active that's what i'm saying there's most of them are still out there yeah uh goon too there you go electric for chris Klein, chris Klein is the only one who doesn't i haven't seen anything in a long time no that's he was good. um he was in the flash a few years ago he played the villain oh really he yeah he played uh but I'm, I'm not joking it was the cicada i think oh, was yeah 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 i never made that connection but i, I watched it with my son so this I'm always... is off topic really quick john wesley ship may be one of the nicest folk i have ever met I told you. and by the way james yeah none of it's fake as i can tell no, no, what now? If he did, he go into the history of his name. No, we're not now. We're talking about 1999. It's just no, no, quickly I, on my brain. Of I just wanted because I know you're a fan and your son's a fan. I just want to let you know behind the scenes, he well, wasn't any different. We went to his panel at like, which I think John did, right? I think John, yeah, yeah, I'd uh, never met him before. He and, and he, but when he met Silas, Silas was all pumped to meet him. I saw her. I'm gonna meet Flash. I'm gonna meet Dad's Flash, and he's Flash's dad now. I mean, it's all I heard as we went to the Lexington Comic Con when he was there. And I kid you not, we got up there, and he had not stopped babbling. And as soon as he saw him, Silas was starstruck. He went, I did, because he's like, "Hey, buddy, what's your name?" And Silas was like. And there was literally a man Silas. I finally went, Silas, his name Silas. He knows you because I told him you were the Flash when I was younger, and he now knows you as the Flash's dad, and he loves that. And he, and we, I watched, showed him mine, and he was like, "Oh, that's your Flash." And so when you you when you were announced, that's why we're here. And he literally, and it was about thirty seconds after I explained that, Silas literally went, "My name's Silas." <laughs> and and he he was nothing but great to silas and i mean silas was younger obviously then i guess it's been several years ago now and and but and then he he actually talked about how his dad was uh a, a preacher i believe or I, I may be misremembered but actually that fought for civil rights i'm like this is a genuinely good human being how does he make it this far in hollywood so no no yeah, just let anyway. everybody know i don't think it's a fake no, right. no, I mean, nobody could put up with my son that long and be fake. Um, so anyway, so we get 
American Pie and Arlington Road, and you're going, well, what are you going to follow that up with? Well, we get two Wednesday releases on July 14th. And again, you want to talk counter-programming? Well, let's see. You'll see you find out there's a company coming out with another Muppets movie. Let's say Muppets from Space. And you're like, what? We don't want to go against the Muppets. What could we possibly put out? Oh, we'll just put out the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> By the way, I just in my mind, I want to picture that a pair. Like, oh, Wednesday? they're sold out of Muppets. I'll just let them go see this other movie. That came out on a Wednesday? Came out on Wednesday. I did not know that. I saw that a Friday night at Fugits with my mom. So we get Not that, that it, anybody cares, but one of the it's one of the it's I like just the insanity, the, the insanity of the release of that movie where every theater was packed day after day after day of seeing that. Well, Chad, it's hard to explain to anybody now. Yeah, you kind of had to live through it, and the internet it it just was of its time. By the way, I, I actually think it's a good movie. I think yeah. it's I, I really like it. I don't rewatch it often. But it's so hard to explain to someone who wasn't, who didn't experience that. Don't you think yeah. that's harder to explain than some other movies? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that one's one of them. And, you know, just believe those people were dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it and was the entire, it, it was viral marketing. Right? The Sci Fi Channel did an entire documentary about the film before the film came out. Yeah. About, about the search parties and all. And I remember watching that going, is this real? This isn't real. But it was, it was, even if you knew it was fake, it was fun to buy into. And I'll be honest with you. When I saw the movie, I saw it in the theater in a packed room with some friends from my, in a packed theater with some friends from high school. And a couple of them had already seen it multiple times. And I'm like, why would you go see this multiple times in the theater? And they're like, we just loved it. It's like, okay. I watched it and I'm like, it's good. I didn't really see why it was scary. I cut cut to that night. I go home. I'm I'm laying in bed, complete darkness. I wake up. I swear to God, somebody's like sitting in the corner. I run out of my room, literally run out of my room, heart beating out of my sweating. Granted, I was a fat ass then, so you know <laughs> that, that explains the sweat. But what's funny is it turns out that same night I didn't know Chad yet, but I found an open door <laughs> in this guy's bedroom, <laughs> sat in the corner, just to see what would happen. <laughs> So yeah, it's way you could buy some funyuns. I've never had a movie have a delayed impact on me. And that's that it's weird that 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 movie did that to me because I watch it, I'm like it's okay. It I enjoyed it. And then well, I didn't get freaked out until hours after. Different. And it did it to that it had the delayed impact. I had a nightmare. We were talking about this the other day of movies that we gave us nightmares later. Yeah. Zack Snyder, I will give him credit. Dawn of the Dead, I, it was it was okay when I watched it. It's pretty good movie. I enjoyed. It. It just said never been called Dawn of the Dead. It did give me a nightmare that night, which never happens. The other the other one, which actually was bad, gave me bad nightmares. Was was Blair Witch? It did the same thing to my mom, which is the reason why I brought it up. And I'm glad Chad told that story because my mom and I both had the same thing. I don't think she enjoyed it or particularly got it, but it did affect her subconsciously later on. And what? that movie was so different. You just never seen anything like it in the marketing campaign. And it went, like James said, it, one of the first things to ever go viral, it's just hard to explain how people believe those kids were missing and dead. And this is true. Well, and I was about to say, and the other side of that, I don't know that it can happen again. The other side of that was I went later because I I know why I can tell you how I remember when I went. I had just became a resident advisor 
So we started training in early August. So I went and saw it right away, but it was at the Kentucky. And the Kentucky was doing midnight showings. So after a day full of RA training, a couple of people got together and went, hey, before we start being on call, let's walk down. And if you're familiar with where the Kentucky is compared to UK's camp, we walked from what used to be Blanding Tower, which is on the furthest you could get. And we walked to a midnight showing of Blair Witch. We're watching it. And it, you know, it, 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 it affected, we were all watching back and like, we had a, a, one of our RAs was, was a non-traditional student and he was even saying, yeah, it got me, it got me, it got me. Let's just walk back quicker, guys. Let's, and I can remember, and it was cool because we saw it as a group. Most of us went, I, we, I was in a, a staff of 20, probably 14 of us went. We're walking back, it's getting to us. And then what got me, so I go back, we just moved into this building as new RAs. I'm on the 11th floor top. Of course, no students are there yet. So you hear every pop, every creak, and you don't have an explanation for it. None of that got to me. Somebody we went to the movie with went out that night after we got back and got sticks and put those stupid figures hanging down in front of all of our doors. Next morning, I got to get up and report to trading. I get up at seven o'clock, shower, all that stuff. And I open the door and it's right there in my face. And I was like, okay, you got me. You got, that was good. And that's what was cool about it to me because and, it was a shared experience. And that movie's made of duct tape, clear plastic tape and sticks. There ain't much there if you start breaking it down. And what kills me that balls. And here we are, what, 22 years later. Yeah. If I'm out this correct. And people are still trying to capture that first person style. And in my opinion, most of them fail. George Romero, for God's sakes, tried to do it. Everybody tried. Everybody's tried to do it. The only probably one that's come close is what do you think that 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 and I don't think it still had the cultural relevance, but it was a big hit and it was a huge uh what's the uh, Cloverfield? It's probably the only one that's kind of even uh, remotely close. You can call it Cloverfield. I'm going to say Paranormal Activity is the only one that's come close. Oh, man. Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. Uh, but, yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't even. Paranormal Clover- Activity isn't first person, though. Well, it's security camera. For it's, it's security camera. I mean, it's. Stuff. But, 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 no, I agree. Though, though, those you, would be the ones. Do you think, by the way, that's part of the problem, though, is that none of those like i guess maybe a little bit with paranormal activity they could pretend hey this is true but cloverfield we know it's not because i'm like no new york's still there yeah well the thing is about cloverfield is that i don't know if you guys remember it it was a huge hit and i saw it that weekend and it was packed and people were excited and that was another one of those viral things yeah that's where jj abrams group really that showed like and they they tried they have tried to to do that every single time Every Otherwise, time a J.J. Abrams film movie really comes out, it just work. doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work as well. But I think Clover, of course, Cloverfield made me sick. Uh, Blair, Blair Witch didn't. I mean, I remember I had to close my eyes. I had to get up and walk out for a few minutes. It and which was funny because that was one of the big complaints about going and seeing Blair Witch is it'll make you sick. It never made me sick. It never made me sick. But a lot of people did get motion sickness from it. And I right. know we've got to roll on. Yeah. So All right. Well, those are the Wednesday releases. Blair Witch, Muppets from Space. Guess what came out two days later? I can't imagine. Okay. Because you I had mean, American Pie and Blair Witch come out within a week of one another? I didn't know they came yeah. out that close because they were uh, both big hits. They were mega oh, hits. It's going to get more complicated, folks. So, movie nobody remembers called Divorced White Male. Nobody cares. The no. Velocity of Gary. Nobody cares. I'm Losing You. Nobody cares. But 
three other movies dropped that weekend that made some impact. One is The Wood, the the uh, yeah. um, comedy about the guy getting cold feet and his, his friends mm-hmm. and reminiscing about his friends from childhood, uh, which was a modest hit uh, yeah. on a very small budget, Omar Epps, et cetera, et cetera. But the two other films that people still talk about today that played off of Muppets from Space and Blair Witch Projects and made some money, Lake Placid, yeah. mm-hmm. and Eyes Wide Shut. So I know what I went and saw that next week because <laughs> I, I sat in the theater watching Eyes Wide Shut by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was... It wasn't empty. I, I, saw walked in yeah. and they I was 21 <laughs> in the theater watching Eyes Wide Shut. I watched Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, I I I went to the uh, well, I don't even know I, I don't know the the trendy theater in my hometown to go see. Well, outside of my hometown to go see it with a couple of friends of mine, <laughs> and we were all guys. And I was like, uh, we watched it, and then we were very close together. And then there was the the whole orgy scene where there's a very muscular man dancing with a very little dude, and I'm just like sitting here in between, squished between these two guys, going, I think I feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Huh. Seems like <laughs> I remember Nicole Kidman being topless, but I can see Chad that that, that something grabbed the hold of you there. Uh, honestly, guys, I, when I, I have an appreciation for Eyes Wide Shut now, I was bored to death with it when I first saw it. I, I really liked I'd it. I probably uh, need to watch it again because I don't remember anything other than, other than it was quote unquote scandalous. And I wonder if that still feels the same in these days of Eyes Wide Shut. It's oh. odd. Some of these movies don't resonate with For, me. And of, of, back, but Eyes Wide, Shut, Eyes Wide Shut did. I always thought that that's, I, to me, it's a movie, and I don't know that Kubrick, Kubrick intended this, but to me, it's a movie about choices and making bad choices and how those choices, you're just going to bring them home with you. I, I mean, the mask at the end of it, Chad, James, I don't, James, you may not remember Chad. Do you remember it's in the bed when he comes back? Yeah. And he could have had sex with a prostitute who was HIV positive. To me, that's what it's all about. And, and, and how you deal with your relationships and, and truth and, and growing. I, I mean, and the, my problem with the movie is that uh, is Tom Cruise. I think his performance is very wooden. And I think Tom Cruise is a better actor than that. I don't know what Kubrick was going for with that performance. Cause I know that that's the performance Kubrick would have wanted because he, he didn't stop shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tom Cruise is a better actor than that. I, I would, I, those choices, I don't, it's such a wooden performance i don't understand why he did that and if i'm not mistaken i'm checking it right now um that movie was 20 years in the making no 31 years in the making because he bought the rights to that book in 1968 yeah it's also i think is the guinness book of world record uh for the longest shooting continuously continuously shooting film yeah, because there means that I, I, I know you all saw it. Out. Harvey Cottell was cut out, and then they re- later replaced him with uh, the director Sydney, Sydney Pollock. Pollock. That was Harvey Cottell's part. Jennifer and, Jason Lee was the hooker. She was cut out when they went back to reshoot. I know you all talk about this, but you're completely overshadowing the fact that we got to see um, uh, Betty White say that she hoped that the Gator won. I had, I that's a movie I had no desire to see that I caught later on video and enjoyed. Yeah, it is not a good movie. No, no it's but, not. But, but any any Betty White line is, is great. Betty, Betty White, White, Oliver Platt, make that movie. 
No. Did you, did you leave no. your husband down here? To, to... Who are the other two? Uh, I, I got. I got to argue. So yes, Oliver Platt and Betty White make that movie, but you know who gets no no credit for his performance? Brendan Gleeson is phenomenal in that movie. I got to go back and rewatch. Oh, you've got to, especially because his and, and Oliver Platt's mm-hmm. uh, interactions with one another, because they're two amazing character actors. And Brendan Lee, he never cracks a smile. He does everything straight faced. Every line he talks, he's actually acting like he's pissed. Everything that he has to do, it's amazing. He got, but so, I, I'm, I just had to throw that because Brendan Gleeson and Oliver Platt and Betty White, all three make that movie. So that is Pullman and can, can we uh, do one side story real quick? Because I was looking up as you were listing movies. One of those you kind of we kind of ran through real fast. I gotta see. It's called the Velocity of Gary. Yeah, the Velocity of Gary. Yeah. So it made thirty four thousand dollars upon release. Tell me about it, Chad. Well, it's got a four point nine out of ten on IMDb. Uh, but ex porn star Valentino and Gary are in love with each other, but Valentino also has a girlfriend. Tragedy hits them when Valentino collapses and is hospitalized with AIDS. Okay, let's listen to the cast. Vincent D'Onofrio, Thomas Jane, Olivia Diabo, and Selma Hayek. I got to see this movie. I agree. And, Thomas Jane is hot. What? And and actually, it's got um, uh, Keegan DeLancey and Chad Lindbergh. Not oh, Chad Lindbergh. I don't know Keegan, who Chad Lindbergh. Keegan DeLancey is, of course, John DeLancey's John son, who son. played who played uh, the young Q, Q's son, in the show. Chad Lindbergh, you have watched uh, uh, him in shows um, such as Supernatural. Oh, yeah, he was Ash. He was the one with the mullet. Okay. Oh, okay. And he's also friends with our our, our, uh, um, former guest of the show, maybe future guest of the show, Ken Bogle. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you should totally pay attention to social media. Also, Uh, Lake Placid's only 75 minutes long. Oh, I didn't yeah. look it it's up, fast. but it is a short-ass movie. It is. It's, it's not quite The Rock's Walking Tall short, though. 70 minutes, folks. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. about what it needs. Brother, it is something. close. All right. All right, let's Are keep we going. Ready to go on? Yeah, waiting on you. So we're a week later. We're to July 23rd. And the and by the way, let me tell you what. Oh, Jesus Christ, we're list. not even in fall yet. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Real quick, the ones that came out, Young and Dangerous, Parts 1 and 2. Never heard of it. What? Uh um rosie my life so far uh but here and beer basta the ones that i did know of trick da 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 inspector gadget oh my god and the two that i actually want to talk about because inspector gadget was a modest hit but the haunting which i did see in theaters i did too it's a pretty movie don't think about it it's an awful pretty movie it's a pretty movie. It's they a did some stuff movie. with it. The 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 sculptures in it it's are a beautiful. Movie. Uh, just don't think about it. Um, but the other one I want to talk about, which was not a big hit when it came out, but I think kind of has cult status now, and I've seen it multiple times. I, I rented it later on uh, something called a VHS. Drop Dead Gorgeous. So, I I saw it on VHS later too, and I that's one. It is a cult film. I never understood why. And I just I am right there with you. 
I think I'm not the target on. All right. By the way, I saw the haunting. The th- I, I must have been living in the theater in 1999. Boy, uh, those were the days, bud. Those were the day. I can't get to see even before COVID. I don't get to see shit. No, but those were the days. No, I, I was about to say this was one when, week after another. I can remember being there. That's awesome. I went from seeing about two movies a year if I was lucky. Yeah. Uh, to this was my this was my beginning of my college. Career. Is this when you were starting to come out and go to college? Yeah, yeah. So I went come to out. a lot of movies. Well, you know, but by the way, if, you, if, you, if you've never, you taken? it's not all about sex, Chad. You beautiful, beautiful man. Anyway, um, but if you've never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous, it's a small town beauty pageant where there's a murder. <laughs> yeah, and it's got it does have a a great cast. You get Ellen Barkin, Kirstie Alley, Brittany Murphy. Um, uh, Amy Adams is in it. Amy Adams and and Denise Richards, Allison Janney, and Allison Janney, by the way. And I'm going to punch you in the throat if you don't say Will Sasso. Well, I was, was going to go Kirsten Dunst and and stuff as well, but he's one of the I mean, funniest, just, best character actors of all time. Who? Allison Janney. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I, by the way, it's one of the reasons that I really wish um, Mr. Sunshine would have caught on with Matt Perry. Him him acting against Allison Janney was perfect. Hmm. nobody remembers that show but i loved it anyway so i wanted to mention drop dead gorge i did see it i think it actually probably played differently when it wasn't in a theater because it's kind of a to me it's a smaller film even though it's got great talent in it. yeah and i'm like joe I, I know it has a cult following and i appreciate those people but it, i never did get i, never I don't could appreciate get into it. it but it's, the, it's that and clueless i never understood him now clueless i like i'll defend clueless clueless i, I know yeah, no I, problem. I got I it never i seen laughed it. You've never I have seen never it? seen Clue. I've never seen Clueless all the way through. I can never get through it. Really? I, I have no. It. I have no explanation. And the, you're talking to a, a movie nerd who loves movies. I I'll watch it for about thirty minutes and I just turn it off. I can't stand it. I got I got Clueless. I don't, the, the actually the other one that everyone likes that becomes some sort of that didn't do well became a cult favorite for a lot of folks is Jawbreaker. And I never. Yeah. That one's damn near unwatchable to me. Mm-hmm. But I've never never finished Legally Blonde. So there you go. All uh, right, next. let's keep going. We are uh, uh, so we. I didn't know this was a Wednesday release. So we get through that week. Everybody goes to see Inspector Gadget. Actually, everybody went to see The Haunting. It did, did make the most money. Um, but coming out that Wednesday after that, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> made one hundred and sixty-five million dollars, folks. Another Thomas Jane film. Yeah, I actually saw. I remember. I remember who I was. It was during RA trading, James, mm-hmm. and we saw it at the Moorhead Cinema. Is there a better death scene? Yeah, I'm sure there is, but this is the second time it's come up today in my life. Sam mm-hmm. Jackson's death scene and death, and unless you're talking about one of the other ones, a shark ate me. So I mean, the fact it becomes a punchline for Dave Chappelle. I mean. There probably there has to be a better death scene, but I it's it's de- I mean people don't remember that movie. They remember the death scene. Yeah, they remember that. That's all they remember. <laughs> That's all they remember. So I it was on a while back. But what the and it's a hard movie. it's a hard fight to find somebody who can outact uh, LL Cool J. Yeah, well that movie actually has a pretty good cast. And it I does. was rewatching it a while back, just just splitting it on. I was like, oh my god, Tony Soprano's ma- uh, sister is the guy, the lady up in the tower with the lights and stuff. I mean, there's a bunch of people who went on to do some other stuff. Thomas Jane included. I just deep blue sea. 
I wish they had made the sequel. There was a sequel going to be made called Deep Red Sea, where an apartment building or something goes into the sea and the sharks come in. And I, I thought that'd have been cool. Oh my guy, my mind, by the way, I picture the shark going, make coffee. Make coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like two sugars? <laughs> I forgot Stellan Skullscarves. It's apartment it? I mean, it's just got one of those, it's one of those B movie, A budget. A made 165 million dollars. yeah i don't know why there wasn't there well there is a sequel a few years ago that when we what the term folks we used to use is straight to tape direct to video even hey james i don't know if you know this uh you remember ll cool j had a parrot no do you remember who the do you know do you want to know who the parrot was no they actually had a voice for the parrot frank welker oh really well of course if you need an animal sound you best call Welker. My, that needs to be a movie. Best Get call Welker. Welker. Best call Welker. I would watch. Guys, there are three Welker. deep blue seas. I did not know that. Well, I don't think the sequels came out till a few years ago, though, right, Chad? Yeah, Deep Blue Sea Two came out in 2018. It has a 3.4 rating, <laughs> and Deep Blue Sea Three, which is uh, it, lower last than the year. Gary film, right? The Velocity of Gary. That's yeah, and they long. apparently made uh, the the shark uh, a meg megalodon. Well, yeah. Because they were trying to beat Megalodon. <laughs> Meg. Meg. That's not much of a name. It's just three letters. Um, oh, deep Blue Sea. I, I have a memorable night that night. I didn't know it was a Wednesday release, though. That doesn't seem like it'd be a Wednesday. Oh, the yeah. 90s. I saw yeah. it. I, I remember seeing it in the middle of the week with, yeah, it was a good time. And by the way, so that was the Wednesday. You know what we got on Friday? No. No idea. Twin Falls, Idaho. Anybody? Anyway, no. Um, I, I've actually I, seen Twin Falls, Idaho. I don't remember anything about it. It's a drama, evidently. But the one that evidently <laughs> smacked down Deep Blue Sea by making twi almost twice as much as it did. I know Joe loves it, so he'll want to talk about oh, it. Oh, no, away, I, have, Brad. Uh, I have not seen Twin Falls, Idaho. I miss, 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 uh, conjoined twins have their relationship tested when a woman takes interest in one of them. I thought that was the Greg Kinnear, Matt Damon movie. <laughs> Oh, uh, but no, Runaway Bride. What Runaway Bride? And I always forget what a big hit that was. Uh, it was a big hit because it's basically it's basically the sequel to Pretty Woman. Yeah, directed by Gary Marshall. They finally got Julia Roberts and Richard Gere to uh, to basically say yes to a script. You guys remember God, this? It was a yes. big deal because for years they couldn't get like Pretty Woman two. They both have different tastes in movies. I remember the articles. It was like it wasn't that they didn't get along, but they just you know they didn't pick the right project. And this was it, <laughs> Runaway Broad. And I actually think I may have saw that in the theater. I know I've seen it, but I don't remember how or when or where. I, I know I've seen it, and I've done forgot everything other than the end, which I I don't remember. I don't remember the ending, but I do remember she does run, and she is uh -huh. a bride. Yeah. And guess really here, I'm going to give you all a spoiler alert. Her and Richard Gere get it on. What? At the end of the movie, they end up together. Yep. Oh, and All the right. eggs. I remember the scene because she orders her eggs the same way anybody she's dating. Anybody remember that? No, I don't know if I've ever seen the film. I'm gonna be all, all I right. all all I remember is her dad makes fun of her constantly, and then and somewhere near the climax, she goes off on him and says, "Why don't you just love me?" Late nineties, and because like, you've made me pay for six weddings, you. <laughs> 
Late 90s and early 2000s, James never saw romantic comedies. Just if you're wondering, if you're like, I wonder if James saw this in theater, if it's a romantic comedy, no, I did not. All right, what's the next weekend? Um, You cold-hearted bastard. <laughs> the next weekend, we get um, uh, four films. Most of them nobody's going to remember. Those Who Love Me Can Take the Train. That's a long title. That sounds like it's an adult film, right? It's yeah. a drama. Uh, you can take the, the trade on the ones who love you. The Gambler, which is not the Kenny Rogers. I checked. I thought they, they the Mark Wahlberg the one. Yeah. But the ones that people tend to remember, uh, and both of them are cult classics now, but were not huge hits. Dick. Yep. Uh, which is yeah. Kirsten Dunst again. We get her popping back up. Yep. Um, and The Iron Giant. Uh, which is a, which a great bombed. Yeah. I, it, it was neither neither one of those movies did well they're both thought of really highly but nothing's thought of more highly out of those two than the iron giant and i actually didn't see the iron giant because you're going to know these other two nerds loved it and saw it earlier i didn't see it till a few years ago I watched it in my office over two lunch breaks ah james it might have been right when you came or right before it had to be right before because i actually was eating lunch by myself and oh, I was say, so james, oh so james masturbated on your sandwich that's what you just implied no oh <laughs> that kind of came <laughs> come came i cried in my office i'll be honest so this is if, if i cried can, in my office so i just want to let everybody know that's how i felt about the iron giant and it's based on a book and the, it, it, it's similar to the book it's a children's book <laughs> Have a but also also like you couldn't get this cast back together a couple of them are dead and that's why but jennifer aniston harry connick jr Vin Diesel, Cloris Leachman, John Mahoney, Emmett, M. Emmett Walsh. I mean, God, it's just a, it, even You're right. You, those people are all dead. Yeah, most of them. Christopher McDonald on the on the fence. On the fence. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's if you saw that in a live action film, I and then you watch it now and you're like, how did this not become it? It's I mean, on IMDb, it's eight out of ten even now. It is. I lo- It's one of those things where, quite frankly, I saw Titan A in theaters. I saw this later. I well, this is a better movie theater. than Titan A. Yeah, I I love Titan A. This is. I'll I'll be the first. To say, this is a better movie. It's a bit. Be- oh. Titan A is fun for me. This is. It's this honestly, is a class. And by the way, we see that now. <clears throat> I was watching. Uh, you know, you, the Iron Giant pops up in Ready Player One. The mm-hmm. Iron Giant pops up in. Uh, it, it, I guess is going to pop up in um, Space Jam: A New Legacy. I mean, this that character for a failed movie gets more cultural references. Yeah, and let's not forget too that this was Brad Bird's first feature film too that he wrote. I mean, it he did amazing stories and, and he I think he did a, play, a run on Batteries Not Included, or he wrote Batteries Not Included, and then he wrote a lot of the episodes for Family Dog, and yeah, then that, he went from that to Iron Giant six years later. By the way, the book, if you want to get the full story, was written by Ted Hughes, and actually it's not called The Iron Giant. They had to change the title for the movie. Why? Because it's called The Iron Man, which it turns out Marvel's real protected book. So obviously not enough to stop the children's book years ago. I think the book came out in the 50s. So. It's, it's, it's a magical movie. It is. It I was is. in love with it from the moment I saw it. I didn't get to see it in the theater, um, no, it, but it I can't, the weekend it was released on to rent, I saw it, and I just loved it. I did. I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't cry like Joe. Joe did. Uh, but it did have an emotional impact on me. I just loved it. It's, uh, uh, even that ending 
where yeah and and, and he you know the, it, it ends on i mean it's a, it's a sad note but it's also a kind of a resilient note too um but anyway yeah yeah it's it's just there's something about it the animation is great i miss it's one of those things where i love computer animation i get it but every now and then i was watching and obviously it's not a 1999 film but i think about things like the iron giant i do think about titan a and i think about princess and the frog and i'm like i do miss 2d animation i do yeah all right next so we're now to august 6th and we get and so th those were all wednesday releases technically by the way i did not know that so august 6th is a friday so you have those coming out wednesday friday is loaded too uh most of these nobody are gonna know i'll, I'll go through them quickly if you want to shout out the acid house no okay mm -mm. the advent adventures of sebastian cole no Illumin nope. illuminata uh no Ram. can't what Co-Ram? No. Okay, now no. let me do the three that you're going to know. And I did not know these all came out the same weekend. And I'm starting to see why one of them is a cult classic but did not get a lot of views. Because you had the Iron Giant coming out as an animated film and then on Wednesday. And then these are the films you get on Friday. Mystery Men? <laughs> the Sixth Sense? Oh, my God. And the Thomas Crown Affair? Well, okay. So two. <laughs> Just say Chad it. Chad likes Mystery Men, and it I has do. good parts, but it is an extremely uneven film. That it is. So can yeah, we all yeah. agree on that? Yeah. That that, yeah. that common ground there. I and like I, again. It. Again, this is 1999, and that's a comic book movie, and we were lucky to have it, kids. If yeah. you live in the days of oh, there's a Loki series now, there's and you wait six months and there's going to be two other things announced. Yet that is not the comic book no. time we grew up in. Well, we got Blade the year before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can remember well, I went to see Blade and was like, oh my god, it's a comic film, and they didn't change everything about it. They changed some stuff, but not everything. Yeah. And uh, go ahead, Joe. Well, The Sixth Sense, just to remind everybody, was a huge film, but it didn't start out as huge. It was a hit. And then it just turned into a cultural phenomenon. That's one of those movies yeah. that started making more money as the weekends went. And I'm pretty sure if you look it up on box office, that's how it goes. It keeps ticking up. And that's another one that's hard to explain. And I think if people know the ending and you go back, it probably, it doesn't resonate as well. And so, so, Chad would have to be the one that says that because the ending got ruined for him. I yeah, got exactly. My, Nathan Lane ruined the ending for me because he was on David Letterman about three days after it came out and said, spoiler, he, well, go ahead, Chad. Yeah, no, I, I good Lord, do we want to spoil that for people? I mean, I'm, everybody they listens. Have to, have they've seen had the opportunity. This, yeah, so I, was, years. I waited to see this film and it had gained such a phenomenal following. And I was like, I'll just wait for it to come. I missed it in the theater. I kept pushing it off. I'm, I'll, I'll see it when it comes out to, to rent at the video stores. And me and Joe were in a classroom with our with a teacher. Who's now and, passed on. Who's now passed on. And he goes, I know all of y'all have already seen Sixth Sense. So when it finds out Bruce Willis is dead and my jaw dropped. And Joe, I don't know if it was Joe or somebody else in the classroom because we 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 were all pretty, I don't remember being there, but I probably you might was. not have been, but the, I think you were. But anyway, there, there's people in the classroom who knew, and I just sunk my head. And Mr. Yan and his name was uh, Mr. Yancey. Um, they go, what? Uh, 
you just ruined that for Chad. And he kind of kind of said, oh, well, you should have saw it before I said it. He and did then he try to in. give you a reference later. He tried to hook you up with a job in his. Yeah, he did. I know. And he's a, he was a great teacher. He did a lot of stuff for me. I, I miss him. I don't know if but, he's a great teacher, but he's a lovely man. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, you know um, what, though? And, and I say this as somebody that is a teacher. If my if I have to choose between one of those legacies, which one oh, he's a lovely either? man. Twenty two yeah, years was. later, Chad and I can sit here and rattle off story. He was a lovely, lovely, lovely man. man. Yeah, ready to retire, but he was. A, <laughs> we, we had several. We came through at a time where it was about to be a change of an old guard, and some people were about ready, about ready to go out the door. Chad, yeah, yeah. That but no, I think that's yeah, if you got him. That's very. But yeah, so he ruined the ending for me, and then I saw. I think I saw it two weeks later. And I just did not care for the film because I'm like, oh, well, that's why that explains that. That explains that everything made sense to me. So the ending twist, it wasn't a twist. I'm like, I already knew it. Why do I care? So I never, I do not like the sixth sense. And I think it's because of that. I like it, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I you mean, know what? I, and I'm going to say something extremely unpopular. You know what I like more than the sixth sense? What? Unbreakable. Well, a lot of people. I love Unbreakable more think? than that, yeah. Uh, but Unbreakable, I guess the ending, we were about, uh, I'll never forget, I saw it. Actually, I did see it in Moorhead. I went back to see some friends in Moorhead, and they were like, hey, we, we were going to go see Unbreakable. I saw it at the Moorhead Cinema. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll go. I was visiting friends from high school and stuff, and we went. We saw Unbreakable, and it was about 10 minutes in. And I literally leaned over, and I'm like, Samuel Jackson keeps wearing purple. He's the bad guy. And, and well, yeah, because you knew comics. I knew comics, yeah. and that was, and that made me appreciate the film more. It meant that I was watching a filmmaker who knew comics. And it was, yeah. it was, yeah, and it was one of the things that we sat there, and when it was over, the guy I leaned over to, we walked out to the car, and he goes, "You, well, he, him effort. uh He goes, "How do you do?" And I'm like, "Comic books. If it's purple, it's evil. Yeah, and I'm the same way. Like, I never, I, I." Yeah, that was not a twist ending for me. I was like, oh, he's going to be the bad guy. Um, and But I liked it more. In the sixth sense, I just, I really can't. I can't, I could never get into it because the ending got ruined for me. And I, I, that's one of those cinematic experiences that I wish I could go back in time and just pull myself out of that class so I could watch it and have that, that experience. I just didn't have it. And I think what, that's no, why I don't care for it. Tony it, Collette is fantastic in that. That's probably one of the last. Well, Tony Collette's a fantastic Bruce Willis performances of all time. Well, I was going to say, and, and honestly, I, I will say, and I'm being honest about this. Go back and find it. You, I probably found the clip on YouTube. Nathan Lane was promoting something on David Letterman three days after it came out. I had not seen it yet. And he came out and he was dressed in this, like, in the same type of sweater or something. Haley Joe Osmond said, and he, and David Letterman said, "Hey, do you have a clip?" And he goes, "Yeah, I've got a clip." And it's a clip of him in that sweater, sitting up and going, "Hey, he's dead." Oh, damn! <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I don't." And I didn't see it in theaters because of that, because I was like, "I know it." I'm and um, real quick, and then I'm going to talk about mis- real quick about Mystery Men. I'm just going to go to Mystery Men because I forgot my fucking point. <laughs> That's okay. I think we've talked about Sixth Sense in this before. Yeah, um, but uh, Mystery Men. Um, I was reading an article about director's cuts that you should see. <laughs> and one of the ones in there is mystery men. And I didn't know there was a director's cut. I have scavenged looking for this. Apparently there's like an over two hour cut of mystery men. Does it have That's, more of the smash, uh, the uh, uh, smash mouth soundtrack? No, it's supposed to. You t- 
By hey the way, now, Sh- you're an isn't all-star. It, isn't it crazy that Shrek gets remembered for that song and it actually started in Mystery Men? It Minutes. started Mystery with Man. Mystery Men. I agree with you on that one. People completely forget that it was The video Shrek. is Mystery Men based. Man, yeah. Right? Go back, yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Thank God Shrek got to use it because no one saw Mystery Men. <laughs> yeah. There were four people going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. One of them was Paul Rubin. I just remember my success point, so I'm going to get into that. But, but anyway, but no, I want to see it because apparently it goes more in depth into the bowler and how her dad got into this, you know, the relationship with the dad. I've got to find it. I really, if anybody knows where a director's cut of it history changes is, the whole just stalt. Stalt of the movie. Um, but no, I really want to see it. And by the way, back on the sixth sense, the one person who doesn't get credit for their performance in it, and this was actually the only part I liked because I was shocked when I went back and looked who was in it. Donnie Wahlberg at the start yep. of that movie. He's yep. great. He's fantastic. As the, he, that buddy, he never got better. Never no. got better. And Haley Joe Osment is amazing in that film. That yep. movie is extremely well acted. The only movie. Well and well written, think- by the way. The only movie I think Haley Joe Osment may do better in is Secondhand Lines, because I love that movie too. I like that movie, but no, I, I that no, I, I it, yeah, he's and, been and like Kaminsky said, method. If you get a chance to watch that, oh, he's also in. Uh, oh shit, what's the name of that movie? <laughs> I've that not show? seen that. Oh, it, let's move. Let's move on. Move yeah. on. What's next? Okay, um, so again. Oh, we didn't really spend time on the Thomas Crown affair, but actually, I'm. I'm Can like, I say real quick? Go ahead, yeah. Chad. Future Man, Haley Joel Osment's good in Future Man. Here's what's good about the Thomas Crown affair. Actually, that's a good remake of a movie that's pretty good. And actually, Future I, Man's a remake. I think I think the Pierce Brosnan Thomas Crown affair is slightly better. I agree. See, I, I I think I like the original better. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that, I don't know I don't that think it dated that, well, even though I think Norman Jewison is a fantastic, wonderful, brilliant director. I think the Thomas Crown Affair remake is slightly better than the original. I agree. I, I think my issue with it is it doesn't. It, it and Steve McQueen can't act for shit. I, <laughs> yeah, but he was a movie star. He was a movie star. And I was about to say, and I think that's my issue with it. And I'm not knocking Pierce Brosnan, and I agree with you. It's probably better made in, or better structured with the actors and everything. But I think my issue with it is. It may be better done, but it doesn't add anything. Yeah, you're probably right. I won't argue that. I won't argue that. It's 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 they're they're the same story both times. It's not a shot for shot remake. It's not a side. No, no, but I I agree with that. I I just if you, I prefer the the remake. Yeah, Yeah. I prefer I prefer Pierce Brosnan, Renee Russo, and Dennis Leary to Steve McQueen, Faye Dunaway, and I forget who. Okay, as much as i love the the girl with the dragon tattoo both versions i actually kind of prefer the american version so I, the opening gets me it has nothing to do with the plot but that the opening the graphic i don't know why i remember watching that in yeah. theater and being i loved it all right so we're now to august 13th and let me say we are still not into the fall <laughs> no but this is a weird it's hot as hell let's go to the movies they've got i, wa- I want to get my halloween candy so real quick, a couple movies that nobody's going to remember. Which back then they things. actually only sold it in in uh, October at Halloween. <laughs> at Halloween, uh, Sydney, We're old. Uh, uh, Sydney, a story of a city, flushed head on, Miss Monday. Anybody want to talk about any of those? No, nope. of course not. Tall, which was a musical. I don't remember anything about that. Here's the four that I, I, I don't remember the first one, so I'll start with it. Better than chocolate, 
romantic comedy? Anybody? I've heard of it, but I don't remember it. I right. did not. Yeah. Here's Johnny Depp. That, here's the three that I will talk about. You talk about Chuck a lot. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, that's not. This is better than Chuck a lot. That's better than Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's right in the title, James. We're yeah. The show's over. We'll stop it at that joke. <laughs> so we ain't gonna do anything. No. Um, I haven't seen this because it's a drama and I didn't see dramas during this period as I've already established. Broke Down Palace. Anybody want to? Isn't that Marissa Tomei? Am I making it's that the, up? It's the prequel to Broke Down Mountain. I broke back mountain. I screwed it up. Keep going. Um, but the, the two other movies that came out, both comedies, one I saw, and it's not going to be the one people suspect. Detroit Rock City and Bowfinger. Yes, I saw Detroit Rock City. Did you really? Yeah, I saw a little bit of it later and did not care for it. Because a- once again, let me quote the trailer. They pass by a hitchhiker who happens to be a lady and goes, hey, and one of them goes, hey, we should pick her up. Dude, horror movies start that way. And his response, dude, porno movies also start that way. And they pick her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I, it, one of those things that I watched later that I didn't enjoy that a lot of people like. It wasn't a it wasn't a hit at all. It made no, five it million dollars. It, it made five later million. Later on, people liked it. Yeah, I was gonna say, and 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 I, I don't I don't know why because I love Steve Martin and I love Eddie Murphy, but Bowfinger I enjoyed later when I watched it on VHS. Ooh, really? But something about the well, I like Bowfinger. I yeah. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because I didn't see it in video. I had the opportunity, Chad, and what did I say? <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, Detroit Rock City. That seems like a good time. And by the way, I don't remember. The only thing I remember about Detroit Rock City is they get there to get the tickets, and the guy goes, you hung up on me and didn't give me your name. How was I supposed to hold them for you? I don't remember actually how it resolved. That's, is that Edward Furlong's last big role? I think so. Or like a, you know, like a movie movie, like a studio yeah. film? I think so. Um, but I like Bowfinger. You don't like Bowfinger? Guys, I don't even know if I, I, I need to not talk about this because I don't even remember seeing Bowfinger. Bowfinger, so I don't know if, I can... if you're Bowfinger is another one of like the Cecil B. Demented. If you don't know anything about how movies are made, I can see why you, anybody couldn't care less. Well, the basic summary is like he's it's and you there's a twist later on, but he happens to look like a huge actor. He happens to look like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah Eddie Murphy's and, playing and, a guy that happens to look like Eddie Murphy. Only they and, don't call him Eddie Murphy. And Steve Martin is basically a a i don't want to say a roger corman because he's not corman he's not that said wood yeah and he's trying to, if i can get this guy to be in my movie yeah. people come maybe i need to go back and try to watch bowfinger because now that i don't I know how I it holds up over time but at the I'll time i'll be honest with you now that i said i don't like it i don't know if i've actually seen it you need to check bowfinger out but it may suck now who knows and well, it is a say, it is a frank oz film and frank oz has not made a bad film well, I, to me, and I guess that's my issue. Like, I watched it later on VHS, and I enjoyed it more than I thought, which is why I didn't see it in theory. I didn't think I'd enjoy it. But to me, I think its biggest crime is it's uneven. It is an un, it's, not, it's, not, it's not fantastic. It's, it's pretty good. I didn't see it in theaters either. I saw it later because I didn't think I'd like it when it came out, and yeah. then I ended up enjoying it later. Well, as I'm saying, here's my problem. Frank Oz, Steve Martin, I wanted Dirty Rotten Scoundrels too. Man, I said Frank Oz didn't make a bad film. You get the step for wise. Uh, I forgot he made the step for wise. <laughs> There's still some enjoyable parts of that, but yes. I, my, my wife likes that movie. I've seen it a few times. All right. What's next? Was wrong. Uh, anyway, um, so 
Deptford husband. I want to stop and say August 18th, that was a Wednesday release, and I did not know about this movie, but I want to mention it because it still has, I think it's a, a uh, 7.2 out of 10 rating. It's a documentary that was supposed to be Hoop Dreams uh, for boxing. It's called On the Ropes, uh, directed by um, Nanette Burstein, uh, yeah, Burstein and Brett Morgan. <laughs> the rest the of those bears. It follows three boxers, and their coach is actually trying to make them lead positive lives. And so if you know anything about the 90s boxing scene, uh, let me refer to Mike Tyson, Don King. A lot of boxers did not come out well publicly as their career changed, as they tra- they, they tend to be. And so this was a, a movie that actually followed these three young boxers and people trying to say, be good people, do all this, you box. do, And so... I mean, this was the time period when Mike Tyson was in trouble and all this. So, On the Ropes, still highly rated today. I've never seen it. Now I want to go back and catch it. That was a Wednesday release. But I did, by the way, I, I need to correct myself. I did, it turns out, see one one romantic comedy during this time. Uh, on August 20th, um, these are the movies that came out. I'll start with uh, the lowest grossing, raising the stakes. No idea. Uh, then we got teaching Mrs. Tingle. Yeah, that was a bomb. That was Kevin, Kev- Kevin Williamson's. Yeah, and they, that's a, the other thing about that. Real quick, historical, not a movie, not a movie you should watch. Not recommending it. Kevin Williamson wrote Scream. That was his directorial debut. He got his first shot, and it, and it was right after Columbine. They changed it from the original title was Killing Mrs. Tingle. Yes, and it's so basically. I do remember watching it. I watched it. I did not see it in theaters. Yep. Uh, and by the way, this leads to why I did end up seeing a romantic comedy. I was going to see it in theaters, and the one showing I went to actually was was probably the only showing nationally that sold out. And so I had to go see another movie that came out that weekend. But the plot to it, it it, it does have a good cast. You got Helen Mirren again, Katie Holmes, Jeffrey Tambor, Molly Ringwald, Vivica A. Fox. I mean, great Barry Watson. Great cast, and it's basically this uh, Katie Holmes is the salutatorian. She has to get her way to valedictorian to keep her scholarship, and one teacher won't let her do it, and that's Mrs. Tingle. So they decide that they're going to deal with Mrs. Tingle. That's the plot to the movie. Uh, it's a comedy, which, again, probably hard to sell in the wake of certain events. Yeah. Um, but that was sold out. So uh, the other uh, uh, Universal Soldier 2, <laughs> the return that made more Yikes. money by the way than teaching mrs tingle i did not try to go i did not go see that when teaching mrs tingle was sold out the only other movie that was available and this was back when lexington green had a movie theater was the movie i did see so this is the one romantic comedy i did happen to see i refer you to what is and, and i know you're thinking uh love actually came out much later no i'm going to talk about the best film in the Hugh Grant oeuvre, the gestalt, if you will, of Hugh Grant. Oh, God. Are you getting off with it? Blue eyes. <laughs> Mickey Blue Eyes. <sighs> if you've often said Hugh Grant needs to do a gangster film, don't worry, folks. It exists. You just. James Con in that, right? Yeah. Yes. I had to watch that piece of shit with my mom. She rented it. I must have been home that weekend or something. Yep. Mickey Blue Eyes is. Um, you know, honestly, in my mind, it got made because you did have that resurgence of gangster films during that time or you know leading previous to that you had yeah. all of those and 
again, it's Hugh Grant, James Caan, it's Burt Young. Well, it's basically something with Burt Young. Yeah, um, it's got a it's got a solid cast. You need triple pretty, horn. It pretty much is. Hey, let's take nine months, except make him a gangster instead. He ends up. He he's an auctioneer who ends up proposing to a daughter of a kingpin and they they have to make him pass as being worthy of you know marrying the daughter so he has to be able to do the family business yeah. not a great film no no it's not memorable in any way shape or form so i did see that in theater so that is the one romantic maybe that's why i didn't go back to romantic comedies for a while no are offense but august man, yet we are yeah this we're almost to the end of august <laughs> that's a no the answer to my query would be i thought you said i thought you said are we in august i said are we out of august yet um no (laughs) so (laughs) august 25th two movies come out if y'all these are these would be the wednesday releases toward the end of august in too deep no idea uh drama and the source which is a documentary august 27th Oh boy. Uh, uh, the very thought of you, romantic comedy, nobody remembers. Um, Badash, A Dog of Flanders. Huh? Dudley Do Right. <laughs> oh no my God. Dudley Do Right is so bad. Made $9 million, uh, was beat by The Muse. Anybody want to talk about The Muse? I like The Muse. I like that, the cereal. Wait, that's that's music. that's all I'm going to say about I it. I just Isn't, like that song, that that band, right? Isn't that Albert Brooks? Oh, the that's the one. With, uh, that's the one yeah. with Sharon Stone. Stone, yeah. Oh, yeah. And James, I, there's a funny joke about James Cameron when she was like, "Stay away from water," and he's walking out, and he and he sees a pool, and he walks away around the pool. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only damn thing I remember about the Muse. Yeah, I, the Muse made more money than than another movie that had an actor that went on to do some things uh, that are well known today, because it came out against The Astronaut's Wife. Hey, no. I've never still, seen it. Still prefer The Muse. And the number one movie this weekend that went on to make sixty one million dollars based on a Michael Crichton novel, which is an update of Beowulf, The Thirteenth Warrior, Warrior. which is the name million dollars that was forever and a day delayed do you guys remember that it was yeah 61 million six hundred eighty nine thousand dollars when it come out and by the way the 13th warrior is not the name of the michael crichton book the michael crichton book is called eaters Eaters of the dead yes i've read the book but i don't i think chad made me read it it's not yeah i I just don't remember much about it yeah by the way august 31st Oh, there I don't a, think you ever gave me back my book. I'll give you back. I'll give you back your copy of the fog when you give me back my Eaters of the Dead paperback. <laughs> sure. Uh, do you have his copy of the fog? Because if you do, I'm going to kill you. I got. <laughs> <laughs> August thirty first, they did a concert uh, recorded video release of Cats in nineteen ninety nine. It didn't make any money, which means it still was more popular than the actual <laughs> version of Cats. <laughs> Zing! I'll see Damn. you in hell, Taylor Swift. God, that movie's terrible. <laughs> my oh daughter my saw it in if we could get Taylor life. Swift to just say, fuck you, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd say, we'll see you in hell, Taylor Swift. Actually, no. If we could get her to even... do a cameo for Bonehead the movie and just, what? fuck you, fatties. <laughs> what would be even better is if it's, like, one. 
if it's one of the breakup songs, like if, if we hear the album two years from now where she writes a song about you attacked me online for no reason, I'm going to claim credit for that. That's right, Taylor Swift. I would love I mean, for her to write a breakup song about this. <laughs> by the way, I, I say that knowing that my daughter will buy that album because she owns all the other ones. Um, by the way, I'm sitting here looking at my paperback shelf. Is I don't have your Eaters of the Dead. Sure you don't. Just I like don't. I don't have, just like I don't have the phone. Yeah, I probably oh don't. God. I don't know which some bitch stole that. So we're to September now. Probably we James September? son's toy chest where my damn sockets were. I really, oh I God. seriously, you won't talk about the fuck. I don't know where my whole book collection went. I, all my books are gone. The only thing I have is a uh, El, El, uh, Elmore Leonard's Pagan Babies. I was like, how the hell did that one survive? Lose all those and those paint by number. I got nothing. Keep going. So we're to September finally. Finally, uh, September 1st, uh, midweek releases. Chill Factor, action film. Anybody? Oh, is that Keanu Reeves? No. that's Is it? Hold on. Oh, that's Chain Reaction. Yeah, that's gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chill, Chill Factor, Factor is, is with Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, and uh, oh, my God. Yeah, this is Cuba Gooding Jr. and Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> A new biological chemical weapon that explodes up to temperatures over 50 degrees Fahrenheit falls into the hands of two men who try to make sure it doesn't get stolen by terrorists. This is the one movie. We got to talk about this because it has one of the best lines ever. And I was, uh, you all talk about uh, Justified and how it's completely not how Kentucky is laid out, right? The geography isn't. Yeah. There, there so, are certain things that get right in Justified about Kentucky, though. So, so Skeet Ulrich plays, uh, he's just this down and out luck guy who used to be a big time college football player who mm -hmm. would have gone pro if he hadn't got injured. If he hadn't had Jerry Maguire represent him. Yeah. Do you want to guess what college he took? He, uh, was, uh, where he went to, where he was the best football player in all of NCAA college football. Moorhead State University. Kentucky State University. <laughs> <laughs> Only people to you, but yeah, yeah. Anybody listening to us who's in Kentucky will laugh at that. Uh, if we have any other people, I think maybe Glenn in Australia listens to us, he's not going to get that joke. It's funny to us, it, it, it is. <laughs> they, but, I, uh, oh, yeah, it's I a mean, terrible movie. I saw Chill Factor, it is so terrible. Well, I think that was, uh, like I said, I think that's midweek release. I may be wrong, uh, because the other one it premiered against in the middle of the week. So that was the action premiere. That is Hugh comedy. Johnson, director Hugh Johnson. That is his only director. <laughs> his chill factor. I am so sorry. Listen, you. Skeet Ulrich did chill factor. 15 years later, was hanging out with us at Scarefest. Not a coincidence. Joe, you know who else was in chill factor? Who? Kevin J. O'Connor. I like Kevin J. O'Connor. I wish he would be more people would use him. Oh, there's lots of people that have used Jeff. <laughs> uh, anyway, stories. Oh, um, Joe, I'm gonna shot. I'm when we're done with this, I'm gonna look up the movie with Kevin J. O'Connor that my kids watched about uh, a magical unicorn. Uh, it's no, better no. Paw Patrol. Maybe by no, no, it's not better than Paw Patrol. I'll go. Paw Patrol is over with in 20 minutes. <laughs> It's like oh, a man. You, you just got to rip it mean? off. There's like two little There's about in about 22 minutes. You're done with the Paw Patrol. James, let's keep going. Wish upon a unicorn. That's what it was called. Go, um, James. The the also coming out against Chill Factor and Chill Factor made 11 million dollars. 
was the film, the best film that I'm aware of that were, was written by the Farrelly brothers and stars Alec Baldwin and George Went. No. Yeah. And Amy Smart. Providence. Outside Providence. Providence. I like Outside Providence. I do too. That's it, a semi-autobiographical. <laughs> autobiographical. Yeah, it was not. Too. It was not directed by the Fairleys. Of no, they wrote it and produced it. It was directed by Michael Corrente, who you would know for nothing. No, uh, who, who actually produced a bunch of films um, that aren't overly well known, but uh, has been directing some things uh, like American Buffalo, A Shot at Glory, Brooklyn Rules. But he is also a producer writer american buffalo is a good movie it's based on a david mamet play yeah yeah he's as an actor he pops up also in kingpin yeah he's the scranton wino if you wonder (laughs) uh but again i don't think too many people talk about outside providence no they don't i don't think anybody remembers it yeah they definitely don't talk about chill factor and they definitely don't uh, god help us alec baldwin is probably the world's biggest douchebag ever but he is a great actor, and he is awesome in that movie. Well, according to South Park, he's the he's the greatest actor of all time. It's South Park. There's an arg- there, there's an argument there. I mean, he is a damn fine actor, by the way. Yeah, he really is. Keep going, James. Uh, well, I, I was going to check because things get really weird. I'm, um, are we in September yet? We are. I told you. Oh, we thank God! Different. The leaves are starting to turn slightly. <laughs> Not over here. I'm still mowing. <laughs> oh lord that's anyway, climate change for you um so september 3rd i guess that was uh we're weekend. barely in september the shit the fuck you and your leaves chad they turn <laughs> they you, turn they fall I, fucking persimmons are coming in now on the vines if, if you let me fa- can i finish can I I time i've said Hold fucking on. persimmons on this in 189 episodes hold on let me speaking of uh, things from the night now admiral can i finish can no, i finish admiral can I finish? Can I finish? Okay. Um, September 3rd was, I guess, a Friday, but nothing that came out did any good. I don't know what happened. Somebody wants to go back and check. Just the say them quick. All the little animals, bedrooms and hallways, floating, and West Beirut. Anybody? Next weekend. Uh, well, we get a midweek release of Welcome Back, Mr. McDonald. I assume he came back to his farm. Never heard yeah, of it. If it yeah. ain't caught her, it ain't shit for Welcome yeah. Back. All right. We then jump to September 10th, and September 10th does have some some uh, some some fun things, I guess. Um, <laughs> Thank you, James. I will be the judge. Well, here, I'm going to go through all of them because there's literally about ten movies released that weekend. Okay. Bee Monkey. Okay. Best Laid Plants. That Earth. Hurt. Hello, brother. Love stinks. Hum Sothain. Uh, what? You heard me. The Minus Man. You heard his tongue. Keep going. The Minus Man, White Boys, and the two I want to talk about, which were the two highest-ranking movies. Stir of Echoes, which was the second-highest-ranking that weekend, and Stigmata. Now, I told a story after we recorded Mm. last week, and I said to tell this week. I saw these back-to-back in the theater. I went to the movies. I was like, I'm going to see both of these. I was horror movies. Yay! By the way, Stir of Echoes is considered a thriller in some listings instead of a horror movie. And but based on a Richard Matheson book. Based on Matheson. I told the story after we stopped recording. I said I'd tell it this week. I saw both of these back to back. I went back to work. I was an RA at the time. 
the person that was that was on the staff with me, one of them was extremely Catholic. And they said, what movie did you go see? I shouldn't say extremely Catholic. They were very devout. And that, that's, and I said, oh, I went and saw two movies. Well, which two? Stir of Echoes, no issues there. And I, and I said, oh, and Stigmata. They were furiously angry at me for seeing Stigmata. And we take that very seriously. I'm like, it's, 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 I don't think they consulted. To, I mean, like, there's, there, it's not an attack on, on Catholicism. Well, I won't even see it. And it became this big, like, there was about two weeks where this person remained mad at me for seeing that movie. That being said, what's funny to me is Stir of Echoes during a theatrical ran, a run made about $23 million. I didn't know Stigmata made $89 million. It was a I'm, much bigger it film. Was a big and, hit, but nobody remembers it. It's not very good. It's very I really remember. I did not know it was a hit. I thought it kind of came and went. I'm kind of shocked to hear that it was a hit. Stir of Echoes, by the way, a lot of people like, and I watched I it later, and I did not care for it. I'm right there with you, Joe. I, I love Stir of Echoes. I, think I haven't what, seen it since, but I didn't care for it. I love Sir Echoes, and I think it goes back to the same thing that I've said about uh, like the Insidious movies. Um, Which, by the way, if you don't know Sir Echoes, it stars uh, the upcoming villain of the Toxic uh, Avenger movie. Is Kevin Bacon playing the villain? He's playing the villain against Peter <laughs> Dinklage. Um, I have that, that now that that has my attention. I'll be honest. Um, Peter Dinklage is the Toxic Avenger. Just, I'm for it. That's great. I, I'm 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 for it too, but I'm baffled as to what they're going to do with it. And I'm, but anyway. Stir of Echoes, so we need Stir of Echoes. I think the reason it worked on me is two scenes, and they're the opening scene and the closing scene. It starts with the kid in the bathtub, and he's talking. It looks like he's talking to the camera, and you find out it's the wall. He's talking to the wall to his friend. And and the last scene in the movie, they're pulling away. They think they're going to leave it behind, and you switch to the kid's point of view, and he still hears all the voices. And it goes back to why Insidious worked on me. If that's your kid, what what do you do? So Stir of Echoes is also the second direct, the second outing of the great screenwriter. And I'm so sorry he wrote Jurassic Park. I can't remember his damn name. James Thomas. I did that. <laughs> you did not. And, and he would later do another thriller or horror film, whatever you want to call it, that came out during the pandemic with Kevin Richard. Bacon. David Kopp. David Kep. Yeah, it's David Kep. K-O-E-P-P. Um. He also directed it. Yeah, that's what I sort of it's his second film. His first one, I think, is that one where all the lights go out. I can't remember what it's something. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I just never liked it. I wonder if I'd appreciate it now. Yeah, maybe me and you both need to watch it again because I really didn't care for it. I either. just put it on that fuck tongue. The trigger effect, Joe. You're thinking of the trigger, trigger effect. effect. That's his directorial debut debut. Yeah. Now I did care, I did like it sort of. I even reviewed it for Scarefest. The one Ooh, that they did, did you know year. he directed he he directed Mordecai? Yes, I know. Oh. He also directed uh, the uh, Ghost Town, which actually is a kind of a, it's a pretty good movie. I kind of liked, it. but I didn't think Mordecai was as bad as everybody said. I saw that in the theater. I guess I need. I'll. Oh yeah, I, and I actually enjoyed Ghost Town. Ghost Town's a good movie. It is a good film. You're based on the um, graphic novel, right? Is that the one you're talking about, Ghost Town? Maybe I don't know. It was a bomb. Yeah, it was a bomb. Nobody saw it except was Joe and I. And I need to um, see Mordecai. I can't, but I tried watching five minutes of it and go, oh, this is it. And I turned it off. I you know what? Uh, I mean, I, th I saw it in the theater. It's him, Paul Bettany. I, I didn't bother me. Um, 
He, I was, I was, uh, what's the one he, he did the version. That's the reason Johnny Depp's in that is because is Mordecai. David Kep also directed Secret Window, which is a good, oh, yeah, it was a yeah. good little movie. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, yeah. Of course, By it's the way, based uh, on a good little story by Stephen King. Stigmata was, was a success, never got a sequel. <coughs> uh, Stir of Echoes was not a success, not as big of a success. I'm sure it still made a little bit of money and definitely caught on more in home video. Uh, so we did get a direct uh, video sequel of Stir of Echoes called Stir of Echoes 2, The Homecoming. And they replaced Kevin Bacon with, of course, Rob. Yeah. And I've, I've seen it. And uh, guess which movie's better? Rob Lowe? No. no. Oh, shit, man. They had a 50 50 shot. <laughs> All right, next weekend. <laughs> the movie was called Rocky, and you bet against Rocky. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, we get a documentary called Galapagos. I'm assuming it's about Galapagos. On September 15th, we get a film that didn't have a star. Uh, it seems this star has been re- erased from history, and we're not supposed to mention it, but uh, it did have uh, Thora Burt, so I'm going to give it credit. American Beauty. Mm. I saw it in a the theater. I Actually, I don't think I saw it that weekend. I saw, it's, I saw it's, it. It's, That's another it's, one of those slow-growing films that happened that year with uh, American Beauty. I is one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen in a long time, so I'm curious. Now. It's almost a definition of a perfect film. It's it, yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's 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 hard it's, to beat, guys. That boy, that's yeah. so well acted, directed, shot. Made three hundred fifty-six million, and like, it tells you the twist. Oscar. It tells you the twist at the beginning of the movie, and you still yeah. are just yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right, Chad. It tells you up front exactly what's going to happen. Yep. And actually, here's the funny thing. I don't know if you guys knew this. There's a sequence <clears throat> where he descends from heaven that was in the original screenplay and in the original movie, and the director cut it out. And the cinematographer almost had lost his mind because he thought at the time, and I can't remember the great cinematographer. He's dead now that shot that movie. And Probably because they cut that scene. Yeah, well, no. But he said, you know, because he thought it was the most beautiful thing he'd ever shot because Kevin Spacey's character descends from heaven at the end of the movie. But that um, he even after he watched it, he's like, "Yeah, you're right. We should. It works better without it." Man, God, guys, I forgot. Conrad L. Conrad L. Hall, James Joe. Conrad um, Hall. Yeah, he's dead now, right, Chad? Yeah, uh, I did not remember Scott Bakula being in this movie. Yeah, he's one of the gay neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Scott oh. Bakula. Is there anything he can't do? Other than give me season five of Enterprise, <laughs> no, it's 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 it is a brilliant film. There also another quick story is that the story goes is that because it was made for DreamWorks, and yeah. Spielberg watched the first cut, you know, the cut that they delivered, and he said, "Don't change a thing." Um, it's, you know, that movie though has, and I think it's one of the reasons it it. Well, we don't it, talk about it anymore, even though it won Best Picture Year. I, it works yeah. well, but I I've watched it recently ish, probably about a year ago to be honest. Have you really? It yes, and it's still it's still and actually the scene that gets me and I think it got me when I first watched it. It has not lost any of the power. The entire you don't get to tell me what to do anymore scene. Yep, that scene I I don't care how old I get that there's something about that entire scene. And it just it works. It is it is a very human. Yeah, he's a I, broken dude who just yeah. yep yep who just. I don't know up. if I can forgive Alan Ball though because he did give us True Blood. <laughs> oh yeah, it was written by Alan Ball, right? Screw um, Alan Ball for True Blood. 
Hey, and all fair, no, that's adapting novels too. Let's not you you share that, some of that show. It wasn't like that show was unpopular, Chad. You I share know. some of that blame that, with Charlene that, Harris. That show now we may not be my cup of tea. I couldn't get into. It. I I, tried I couldn't either. Before. God, I just I always fail. I couldn't get into that. Yeah, you know what though? And I, I, I by the way, uh, Bonehead tweeted this earlier today. You you got to realize sometimes things just aren't for you. They just like, aren't. Yeah, that doesn't Walk mean away from it. They doesn't ain't for bad. you. It turns out uh, I I ain't into Paw Patrol. That doesn't mean I got to stop, you know, Joe from watching. Listen, listen dude, you just don't get the gestalt Stalt. of well, Marshall. No, no. Let me tell you, my friend, I was there at the beginning. You're a latecomer. I bet Zuma is episodes, yours. These newer episodes can't hold a candle to the originals. <laughs> Back when there were only five dogs and they had to, they, they faced the same amount of challenges. Now oh, there's you a these, movie. There's a movie coming out this August. Do you guys know that? You, my now, kid has watched that trailer a dozen times and Chris keeps watching this trailer and i said i'd get on him but i watched the ghostbusters afterlife trailer the, about 18 only, times one day so only thing that would be better one of us is 40 and the other one's almost four so well, i'm 40 what the only thing that would make this better in my world like my version of the devil coming up and ruining your life would be if all of a sudden there was a press announcement going Paw Patrol moved on schedule and it opens up against Ghostbusters. <laughs> well, because I know what he's saying because I can still lie to him. Well, but then it'll come back later. It'll be when he's six. He's like, wait a minute, Dad lied to me. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> Didn't you have a good time? I took you to both. <laughs> all right, let's get further into yeah. September. Go. Um, okay, so that was that was a Wednesday release, September seventeenth was loaded and nothing very much did well except for one movie that did broke a hundred million dollars i'll start though with the bottom again jump in with any of these you wish most of them are comedies women tax man i can't say something about jumping in with women keep going sugar town i love that splendor speaking in strings romance which is a drama uh lucy abrock heart of light the documentary Get Bruce. Yeah. By uh, Bruce this, Valanche. And if you don't, Bruce, Bruce Valanche. And if you don't know who that is, Google him later. Yeah, you should. You He's should one of the greatest that. comedy writers of all time. Now, this was a minor success, but it, it was Kevin Costner in a baseball film for the love of the game or for yeah. love of the game. I, I like for, and it's not just because of Sam Raimi. I, I actually mean, like for love of the game. I do too. It's probably too long. It's well over two hours. Yeah. I prefer and we talked about this in in our one of our movie our sports episodes is that the scenes where he's getting into the zone at the pitcher's mound yep is is beautiful it is it's just it a is. beautiful scene it is it didn't quite work at the box office but it's no. it's uh it's not one of Sam Raimi's and it was it was Kevin Costner's last baseball film yeah it was so far True Existo Existo which was a comedy never heard of. Breakfast of Champions was a comedy, not Bruce a success. Willis. The number one movie, though, that came out this weekend, other than the Wednesday release of American Beauty, Blue Streak. Poor Sam Raimi got beat by Martin Lawrence and Blue Streak. I saw, I saw For Love of the Game in a the theater when it came out because I was such a Sam Raimi fan. Yep. Anybody yeah. want to talk about Blue Streak? No. No, I was looking up Breakfast of Champions. It's based on a Kurt Vonnegut Jr. book. Yep. 
Oh, really? I, I should. I, I, so I did. I didn't make that connection. You should have known that, James. Doctor Jerk Face. By the way, I, I do want to pause now. Say what you will about Blue Streak, but the director has a certain gestalt because he directed The Man with Samuel Jackson. And oh Andy my Levy. God! And Flubber two years before Blue Streak with Robin Williams. But most importantly, the movie that 1992 set and I, this is this was my summer movie in 1992 that i got to see at the moorhead cinema set the pathway for the gestalt of 90s films i refer to of course him being the director of encino man buddy oh right, anyway god my hatred of paulie shore Dave cool okay years. you get one you get to remove one from history dave coulier or paulie shore Paulie I'm going to remove Dave Coulier because Paulie Shore's lineage of of the comedy store is kind of hard not to. But I was going to say, uh, and my entire thing about Paulie Shore Pauly is Paulie Shore has probably did more did more damage. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with that. I, I I'll be honest. To me, Encino Man's a fun little film. The other thing is Paulie Shore is in the Goofy movie, and so he gets a buy for me. Okay. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna argue. I'm going to argue for Dave Coulier, simply because he did take over for um, Lorenz Music for Peter Bankman. He did a lot of cartoon work. He was the voice of Tom Hanks on Pinky and the Brain. (laughs) Oh, by the way, is anybody watching? uh, Is it the Great North, the animated show? No. Okay, I am. It's on Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it on Hulu. It's got Nick Offerman's The Voice of the Father. Alanis Morissette is her imaginary friend, and it's actually voiced by Alanis Morissette. And they did the last episode, I think, they did an entire Dave Coulier reference. And it, she actually goes, uh, the the daughter that is her imaginary friend, you know, is Alanis is her imaginary friend, goes, uh, yeah, well, let me tell you about this guy I met. He introduced himself with a puppet, and it kind of became a thing, and then we kind of had a relationship. And she goes, whoa, 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 Alanis, we've heard this story. Please stop. Let it go, Alanis. Let it... And the fact that it's actually voiced by Alanis Morissette, I, that's what made it funny to me. Anyway. Yeah, and, that's what now, and that was going to be my, my lead up to my joke or joke that uh, we also wouldn't have Jagged Little Pill if it wasn't for Dave Coulier. So there you go. No, it's not Jagged Little Pill. We wouldn't have that one song. Well, Jagged was the name of the album and the song. What's the name of that song? Uh, yeah, to remind you of the mess you left when you went away. Hey, 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 Alanis Morissette. It was on the other day, and I was listening to it. And I gotta be honest, I was by myself, I turned it up. <laughs> yep, uh, I don't care all the complaints about ironic, I actually enjoy that song. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? All right, James, okay. We're to so, the end of so, so to keep score before James moves on, two for Polly Shore, one for Dave Coulier. I wouldn't do no. I I I won't be able to take out either one of them. No, I they, would, they, you're not good enough. No, I would I would keep both of them. I saved my scorn for uh, I don't know. I'll come up with somebody later. All right, September twenty fourth. This God, they drop a bunch of movies. Um, none of which did a lot of money except for one, which is a movie nobody talks about. So let's get going. Uh, Bandits. The drama, anybody with uh, with Bruce Willis, Willis and, and Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Bob and it's uh, a comedy. Uh, I don't think it's that bandits. This one only made twenty four thousand dollars. Well, no, that ain't that one. 
Yeah, uh, the band is uh, we're talking about. Joe came out in two thousand one. Yep. Dog Park. Anybody? Dog Park. Mm-mm. No. Don't have a dog. Keep going. Fever Pitch. Romantic comedy. Anybody? No. Uh, no, there was Ryan, one that came out a few years later than I know. Fever Pitch. If I'm not mistaken, stars Freddie Prince Jr. and I won't talk about that some bitch. Guinevere <laughs> was a drama made half a million dollars. All right. Oh no no no. Fever Pitch. I'm sorry, I got that confused. Fever Pitch was the Drew Barrymore Jimmy Fallon film. Yeah, that, no, it's not. That came out later. That came out. T- that came out in 2005. That, that was the one I said. There was one that came out later. Yeah. In the same name. Yeah. Uh, Mumford the comedy made four and a half million dollars. I like it. I like it. That's what is uh, it? Well, it's about a guy. It's <clears throat> the lead actor Chad was not a famous dude, but the movie's filled with famous dudes. Yes. Correct. Yes, that is all absolutely his patients correct. are famous. He's not famous. The actor was. <clears throat> it's directed and written by Lawrence Kasdan. Gotcha. Um, um, it's about a guy who's pre- it's about a guy who's pretending to be a psychiatrist. Yep. Um, gotcha. It it is a really good film. If you haven't seen it, check Most it out. If you you haven't, yeah, and I, yeah, four you, and a half million dollars. Or I think it's hard. I think heard I, of it. I think it's hard to find. It probably is, but it, if you don't know who Lawrence Kasdan is, not only did he write Empire Strikes Back, he also wrote and directed the big. <clears throat> the big chill uh body heat uh, silverado he's very talented dude by the way the fever pitch movie that came out in night it stars colin firth i don't know what the hell i was talking about freddie prince jr no he had something that was head pitch in it where he's a baseball yeah something. i'm looking it up so james keep going go james okay well what i was gonna say so we get um one man's hero was an action film only made two hundred thousand dollars suits which only made four thousand dollars and I want to talk about one film, and I know Chad's going to want to talk about this. I'm sure he wants to defend this film. The film that first showed us that Summer you can, Catch. Damn it. The film that you can shows that you can go from playing basketball to acting and people will show up. I, of course, refer to Simon Says. Oh my God. Thought, oh, just keep, just keep going. That actually no. got a theatrical release. You didn't know that? Yes, it now it uh, was another straight to tape. I remember it made three hundred thousand dollars. It was it made three hundred thousand dollars. It bombed really hard. That being said, let me tell you the career uh, whose career it really affected. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm glad you're going this route. Go for it. Kevin Allen Elders directed it. It was the first film he got to direct. Why is that name important? Because mm-hmm. he created a franchise that was say what you will they were pretty big hits <laughs> even though they he created the iron eagle franchise no really and yeah and he's done screenplays since but he got to direct that movie which pretty much and then later on they let him direct a tv movie jane doe but hmm. otherwise it, it kind of working with uh, rodman did not help kevin elder's directing career evidently so uh and it also simon says started uh, the cur- acting career, I believe, of Dane Cook. Yes. yes. And John Panette. Mm. One of those is a fine comedian. <laughs> and the other one is John Panette. <laughs> hey, John Panette is a hilarious man. I yeah. highly recommend his stand-up. Anyway, so Simon says nobody remembers, but I wanted to bring it up because I remember the ads for it, and even then I was like, I just don't buy this. <laughs> um uh, so the ones other people do remember, and it actually made barely more money than Mumford, but I remember the ad campaign for it being pretty serious because, of course, he had won some awards. Jacob the Liar. 
Robin Williams playing the Jewish um during the Holocaust, uh, right? Yeah, Yeah, the the, the concentration camp where he tells lies to try to make everybody's life better. Yeah. Uh let's just roll over that one. I don't even want I mean, there's a lot going on. And like I remember the film and it's there were complications there. I mean, it's not a terrible movie. That being said, the number one movie that went on to uh, have $177 million, more than $177 million, and nobody talks about it. Double Jeopardy. That would be Ashley Judd. Oh, God. And Tommy Lee Jones, I saw that. Um, I have no recollection of what it's Me, about. Yeah, It's but, about Double Jeopardy. But, but she was the queen of the box office for a few years there. And now we know then, more about what happened. It was Paramount, and it was one Paramount thriller after another. Remember what different is either Morgan Freeman or Tommy Lee Jones, and they're always getting her out of trouble, and she was Yep. And then, then we know what happened to her career, sadly. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody says, Simon Birch is a great film and she's wonderful in it. <laughs> I think actually, I think we, I, I think somebody gave me that on DVD. I, think as it seen it. I love that. It's uh, other than the grumpy old man, it's the only other thing that that guy's done that's really great. Uh, what's Three his names? name? Mark Brian Johnson or something like y- that. Yeah. All right. And, and no, the Daredevil director's cut is only slightly better, James. It's got Coolio. It does. Coolio actually adds a little bit of a story. I, it I mean, does. I, Doesn't make it any better, though. I want to see the director's cut of Mystery Men. I bet that's a fantastic. See, they cut 30 <laughs> seconds out of it, James. Changes the whole Changes all of it. It makes it the a same serious flavor. It, you know what? It, it makes it so much ser- more serious that you'll look at Watchmen, both the movie and the t- HBO series, and go, nothing. Those nothing. are nothing compared to <laughs> the director's cut of Watchmen. James, Thanks, Chad. October. October 1st. The leaves are starting to fall. Candy corn is back on the shelves. It never I hate left. candy corn. All right. It, a bunch of movies drop. Most of them not good. Let's go through them. Um, from the lowest, News Rose Hotel. Nope. Plunkett and McLean. Oh, that's with uh, what's his face from Train Spotting. Yeah, it's a uh, and uh, Johnny Lee Mill and Robert Carlyle are both in it. I actually that's- like this movie, uh, and it also has Liv Tyler. Yeah, yeah, it's about two robbers who are pers- um, and it it kind of has a weird like kind of metal soundtrack for this mo- movie that takes place in Victorian England. Go ahead, La uh, Enfance de Moros. No, no idea. It's a it's a drama. Uh, Gray Owl would be the next highest ranking. And then we actually get to some that made millions. So let's talk about those instead. Um, the next highest ranking is the documentary, Siegfried and Roy, Masters of the Impossible. It's a pretty big documentary made over $5 million in theatrical release. This was pre-Tiger Bait. Um, it actually made more, I'm sorry, I skipped one. It made more than Happy Texas. <laughs> Happy Texas. Uh, and then you get Mystery Alaska. Uh, that okay. was supposed to be a big film. Do you guys remember it had that all-star cast? Yeah, Russell Crowe. But it, it didn't go anywhere. That's, for, that's written by David E. Kelly, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. That was Mystery be- Alaska, by the way, lost out. And it I think it was fifth at the box office because it got beat out because you you know how it is. You want to see a movie and you're like, well, that's got Russell Crowe. <laughs> or- I just typed in, I typed in mystery and mystery men came up. Mystery Alaska <laughs> didn't. <laughs> Take that, David E. Kelly. Yeah. I love your show, so please don't hate us. <laughs> Once again, Taylor Swift, you know where you stand, but David E. Kelly is gold. Anyway. You baddies. <laughs> Keep going, Jay. Oh, it was directed um, by Jay Roach, too, guys. Yep. Uh, 
but you know how it is. You got Russell Crowe, but then you look over and you see uh, a movie poster and you know it's going to beat Mystery Alaska. It's You can look at it and say, this is going to be the, an adventure where somebody goes into a land that's not their own and they have to find a way to adapt and there's these beings there that are so so diametrically opposed to the hero that you, but he's still going to find a way. And I, I'm speaking, of course, of The Adventures of Elmo and Grouch Land which made almost $12 million. Mystery Alaska made $8 million. Elmo and Grouchland. Grouchland. I don't know why. <laughs> Grouchland. What's next? Is that all of them? James is with No, no, on no, us. no. Oh, because my God. After, Go. after that, you get Drive Me Crazy. Yeah. Oh, God. And the final movie of the weekend is, of course, Three Kings. Which now, I saw that in the theater. and that Nobody was, talks about Three Kings anymore, though. They should. You know, the ending's a little abrupt. The third act and the ending's a little... You guys remember the ending? It's just kind of a little abrupt. But that movie... Damn, oh, man, that's a damn good movie. Yeah. That's, that's David... Um, David O. Russell. David O. Russell. Uh, that's a, a true story. David O. Russell and, and George Clooney got in a fistfight on the picture. Yeah. yeah because David O. Russell is notoriously ill-tempered yes worse than alec baldwin yeah okay my dog farted oh my god (laughs) but you know what's better than chad's dog farting three kings if you've never seen it go (laughs) and it was a modest hit when it came out so go over a million dollars they made over 100 million and it was eat and that was another movie that you hadn't seen a movie that looked like that yeah no different i can't talk well that's okay Chad Our show just got better. On his, cha- on his dog's <laughs> asshole juices. Now, keep <gasps> October eighth. I'm going to warn you again, Joe. This movie this weekend had about twelve releases. Can two we of which go through them quick? Which ha- twelve? Two of which have "cry" in the title. So let's say um, El Abuelo. That means the grandfather. You no, don't need can. to tell me. Uh, five yeah. wives, three secretaries, and me. I don't know. The something. Hell, just go. Grizzly Falls, Julian Donkey Boy, La Ennui, The Mating Habits of the Earthbound Human, Okay, Naturally Native, Random Hearts, Random Hearts. That would be Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah. Um, Superstar. Yep, that's another one of them SNL pictures. And the um, the two with cry in the title, one of which people still talk about, the other one nobody mentions. Men cry bullets would be the one nobody talks about. Boys don't don't cry. cry. I saw that in the theater. I did see it later, and that's 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 a picture <coughs> that has a lot of weight to it. I saw one in the final movie I want to talk about, which was not the big hit the weekend. Random Hearts was the one that went on to make the most money. I didn't know Superstar made thirty million dollars. Boys I don't cry either. made twenty million. The one I want to talk about only made. I'm 6 surprised. Million. I'm su- go ahead. The one I want to talk about only made $6 million here in the States, or the colonies, if you will, uh, but did okay other places and was directed by that Soderbergh fellow, the Limey. Tell him I'm coming. I love the Lime. All right. It's a good film. Next one. Uh, no, what? real quick. Uh, let's, Julian Donkey Boy is worth mentioning. Um, it is directed by Harmony Corrin. Uh, it stars Chloe Savini and Werner Horzog. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Julian Donkey Boy, really? I it's have about- never heard of it, and I know. <laughs> and Joe has movie, heard of every movie. So and I know everyone up. involved. No, I just never heard of it. Uh, I- it's a, it's about the effects of schizophrenia on a family. 
Um, it's a, I saw it a long time ago. It's you like it. I don't, it's one of those ones. I know I watched it. I got something out of it. I can't remember anything about it. So I liked it, but I've, I plumb for like I had to look it up real quick because I'm like I know he I've seen plumb it. forgot it is what he was about I to want, say. I like I Spring Breakers. Did anybody else watch Spring Breakers? I enjoyed it. it I want to. I want to do a film called. Uh, or whatever you say his name. Um, uh, let's see. I want to do uh, Har- uh, Harriet Mule Girl. It's a film about a, somebody with short term memory. And by the and way, I want to uh, do a film called Harriet Mule Girl. It's about a guy <laughs> with short term. Anyway. I didn't, uh, the Julian Donkey Boy stars you and Brimmer, which you know is Spud from Train Spotting yep. and a bunch of other things. Uh, but yeah, no, it's highly worth checking out if you can find it. Uh, that being said, uh, oh God, Harmony Corn, I forget who it was. Uh, there's a bad story about him, how he got, I think he got uh, banned from David Letterman. Banned because from Letterman for going through their through, damn pocketbook. Yeah, somebody's purse. He went through somebody's yes. purse. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, he had right. a running gag on Letterman coming on just because he's crazy. He he struck, I don't know that he struck fame. Well, he didn't struck struck fortune, but he struck fame early. Yeah, like he was like eighteen, nineteen when he did Gumbo. No, before Gumbo, he wrote uh, Kids. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot he did Kids. That's right. Well, I don't think yep. he directed Kids. He wrote he directed the other ones, but I'm pretty sure he wrote Kids, and I'm. I think no, he, you're right. He wrote kids. He didn't direct it. Yeah, you're like right. 19, I forgot about kids. He was young, young. young. He, he, he directed, kids. he wrote, he wrote kids and then directed gummo. <clears throat> Next. Uh two midweek releases, real quick. Time regained. Nobody cares. Beefcake is about me. Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> uh so October 15th. Man, 99 may win. Because I'm looking at these going, we just didn't have anything like this. Uh it's another mass release. I'll go through them quickly. The boys. Not to be confused with the great Amazon Prime show. Uh, a Girl Named Rose Marie, Joe the King, Mast, Same Old Song, Show Me Love, The Straight Story. Oh. You, you can't buy, you can't skip past The Straight Story. Straight Story is, 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 is a really good movie. I'm sorry, I just, you told me to go through them quicker. No, I know, but you, you said one that was good. Yeah, that's that's the way I like it. And Vastar. Now, those are the films that made less than ten million. Wait, what was that last one, James? Vastar. Vastar. V a a s t a r. It's an action film. Okay, pass it. <laughs> uh, so let me go back and talk about the ones that made money. I'm sorry, I was trying to focus on the ones that made money that people might know, which is why I went by the Straight Story because well, they did Straight not make Story is money. a David Lynch film. It's probably um, that he made it, for it, Disney. And it literally is the only straight story that David Lynch has done. Well, maybe Elephant Man. Elephant Man. Well, you're all right, Elephant Man. As soon as I said, I said Elephant Man, yeah. No, here's a, here's a movie that was... than Elephant Man. ...was a, a, a small hit. I remember people renting this on VHS, and I, I, I must admit, I don't know if I've ever seen it. The Omega Code. Uh, no, but we talked to the director of the sequel. Yeah, we did. I, yeah, I don't think it's I ever saw a, the first it's one. It's one of the Christian films. Um... The next one is the story of us, romantic comedy. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, but Bruce all Lee. that lost out to another film that I think again ne- didn't necessarily it, it became bigger and more known as it played out because I remember people saying you gotta see it, and it's another one that had kind of that twist ending at the time. Fight Club. Oh, I saw uh, Fight Club. In the overrated. Theater. What? Fight I'm Club. joking. I love Fight Club. <laughs> what that movie blowed my fucking balls off when i saw it man it was (laughs) i mean it blew them off 
Uh, by the way, I want to go back and be like, can't you get me pregnant? And I was like, well, Fight Club. <laughs> In oh, cinema at the university cinema. I mean, my balls got blew off. I don't think I've watched an audio commentary, listened to an audio commentary more on a DVD. Other, it's either it's between Fight Club and Clerks. Yeah, <laughs> that I've I've listened to those audio commentaries multiple times. Man, we uh, there's a couple by the way. Such a we're going to talk about another movie that we've interviewed somebody that worked on in a minute, but we'll get to that in a second. So, so um. Fight Club comes out, and of course, if you're going to have to premiere a movie against Fight Club the next week, you know what you're going to lead with. What? You're going to lead with the greatest horror movie of all time that involves bats. It's called Bats. No. Oh, man. All right. There was a guy named Doug, and 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 Chad and I knew him, and the joke was we're going to make a sequel to Bats, only going to be called Owls, and for two years, it'd be like, you see that fucking owl? That was it. It didn't make any sense to anybody who wasn't around. I did not realize Leon was, I didn't realize Leon was in Bats. I knew Lou Diamond Phillips was. I didn't know Leon was. That movie... Made ten million dollars. Factory. There's like there's a there was about a bunch of flops right around that time. There was a studio called the Bubble Factory. It's that flubber, uh, flubber, flipper, and a couple of other things, and they basically just killed the Bubble Factory. Um, but made ten million dollars. I mean, it was not the lowest weekend that uh, the lowest maker that uh, money maker that weekend was called Best of the Best, and then Molly, and then mm-hmm. uh, Body Shots. Yeah. And but here's the other movies that came out, and, and God, this is loaded. Um, Beyond the Mat, the documentary. Yeah, about wrestling. Um, it's a good documentary. I the, loved it. It is. I loved it. Uh, yeah, that's one with Mick Foley and all the blood. Too. Yeah, yeah. The Best Man, the romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing Out the Dead, we've talked about before. Yeah. And uh, Three to Tango. Oh, Crazy in Alabama. Isn't three to tango? Is that a Matthew Perry? Uh, yeah, Nev, Nev Campbell, Matthew Perry, and uh, Dylan McDermott. Yeah, a rich businessman's assumption that his new colleague is gay leads him to ask the man to keep an eye on his mistress. Yeah, That's, that happens to me all the time. Oof. <laughs> okay. Everybody assumes o- I'm gay. October, October 29th. October. <laughs> we have interviewed two people that had movies come out this weekend. All right. I'm going to start, though, with the, uh, the the lower end here. Uh, Terror Farmer. Yeah. The Suburbans. Slaves of Hollywood. That's us. Man of the Century. That's also the legend, us. Uh, the Legend of 1900, the musical. Music of the Heart. Yeah. Um, and let's see. 50, the documentary. Dreaming of Joseph Lee's. But the big movies that came out, there's two or three technically that came out. One is uh, big because of t- as time went by. But we've interviewed Mr. Philip Huber, being John Malkovich. Yeah, it was a, as a cultural event. You're right. I'm telling you, 1999, man. Yeah, Thirty-two million dollars is what it, it went really on. Really was. Apparently. People talk, and I literally I didn't see it till it came out on video. But I somebody said, how how can you not have watched this? I, I didn't see it. And, and by the way, that's the one I, I'm going to, once again, it's another one I need to go back and revisit. I did not care for. I prefer adaptation tenfold to being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. Yes, that one. Yeah. 
See, I, and I'm going to disagree with Joe on that one because I actually, uh, I saw, I actually saw being John Malkovich in the theater and I love adaptation. I do. I actually just watched it last week again. And I, just something about being John Malkovich and, and just the lunacy and bizarreness of it. I just love it. Have we had a Spike Jones film in a while? No. Um, Has he done no. anything since Where the Wild Things Are? Her. Or, oh, I liked her. As did I. But I think that was his last, and I think that was 2013. Oh, yeah, I liked her. Keep going, so, James. Um, well, we'll never get another movie like being John Matt. Even though I don't care for it, I don't know that I'll see another movie like that in my lifetime. Same thing with Fight Club, Blair Witch, Matrix. Boy, these things came through, and you've never seen anything like them. Uh, the, the big movie that we've also interviewed a certain director of, House on Haunted Hill. I tell you guys, um, I have a lot of fond memories. Um, I, I, I was friends with a, with a girl, and I took her there and ended up marrying her later to that movie. But I, I just, that was, that, I have seen some good horror films that play in theaters since then. But that is just a damn good horror film to go watch. And it's a great Halloween movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the, I mean, it's just, it just nail, it just on all cylinders fires. Don't get me wrong. It is not, it is not American beauty. But if it's Halloween and you're like, I want to go watch a Halloween picture, is there one better that you'd rather see than the House on Haunted Hill? No, well, and here's the entire thing about it. I love the original Flipper. House on Hill. Well, that has some <laughs> scary parts in it. But Chad, you know what I mean? House on Haunted that, Hill is just, it's, it's, well, that's, it's what I can say about the house on Haunted Hill is I love the original with Vincent Price. Great cast. But it doesn't try to be the one with Vincent Price. It doesn't, it doesn't at all thing. try to be the one with Vincent and Price. I love, and that's why it worked for me. Because I was like, <laughs> if they would have just tried to do a shot for show, it wouldn't work. But it. Jeffrey Rush. Oh, yeah. Trying, Guys, we may, we may have to sit down and watch this one again. Because I don't think I've seen it in over 15 years. Return to uh, the House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, I don't think actually the it. sequel is not good, but it's not awful. Like it's not, it's, it's watchable. It's, it's better watchable. than a lot of other sequels. It's got Jeffrey Combs. Do you all realize it's got a five point six on IMDb? It's better than that. It's better than that. It's what does the haunting have? Huh? What does the haunting have? I will look. You all keep talking. So I I I like that movie quite. Oh man, I know what's coming up in two weeks too. Another great movie you should watch on Halloween. But it didn't come out to November. Keep haunting going. has a five, even. Oh no, it's way better than the haunting. Way better than the haunting because and it has ha a great cast. Haunting's pretty. Haunting's According pretty to IMDb, good. it's it's got a point six better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chad, it is not it is not the best movie of all time. I, I it may be that I just saw it at a certain time of my life that I just liked it, but I don't think so. You know, dark. That's the first dark horse or dark dark castle. Castle. Film. And I still say it's the best one. There are scenes I like in other ones better, but the best Dark Castle overall film is The House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. All right, James, what's the next one? And uh, that's well, when they would do a horror film with a budget, by the way. Yeah, well, I was about to say, so the it other wasn't one- wasn't a two million, uh, four million micro budget. I'm not trying to dig it because I actually do like House on Haunted Hill. It's got a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I don't, that, it is uh, not. That James looking, right, that's not for everybody. Um, the number one movie that, as far as overtime, that came out that weekend that I didn't realize came out that weekend in America was Princess Monica. Or I can't say Princess Monica. 
Thank you. Thank you. I always You're mess welcome. that up. Next. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read through these. Uh, the next weekend, first weekend in November, we get um, American Movie, Train of Life, Some Fish Can Fly, Sixth Happiness, Rosetta. Um, oh, by the uh, way, uh, James, James, while you're looking that up, uh, to make y'all feel better, The Haunting has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's about haunting, by the way, Haunting has a pretty good cast. It's just, it, it it's just not, it, it's, it's got the it's wrong pretty, director. It's got the wrong script. It's just it's, Spawn. It's Spawn has, uh, just, just so it has, you may also like, Spawn has a percent higher rating than The Haunting. <laughs> Boy, I don't I know think if that's fair. Maybe better than Spawn. Yeah, uh, American say, Werewolf. American Werewolf in Paris only has a seven percent. Go ahead, James. You ever seen it? It's awful. It's terrible. Um, so the one, the movie titles people may know uh, would be uh, that came out this weekend: uh, The Bachelor, romantic comedy; The Bone Collector, which was a big hit, made one hundred. I've still never seen it. I've and and now they've done a TV show based on it, but The Insider is the other one, $60 million. Insider's good. Yeah. That's shot the Spike our, Lee one, right? Shot in our homes. No, isn't The Insider a Russell Crowe? Oh, Pro? no, the ins- I'm thinking about Inside Man. Man, yeah. That's the one that was Michael oh, Mann. The Insider, yeah. Actually, that's good, too. But I didn't see it till years later. Um. Okay, so we get... Next. Let's see, I'm trying to... Yeah, okay. Um. We're in November. We're getting to the home stretch, boys. It's almost oh, two hours. Let's Halloween. go. November 9th, Clash, direct, uh, uh, independent film. Nobody cares. Uh, November 10th, Lighted Up, A Moment of Innocence, yeah. The Silence, but more importantly, making $163 million. Gotta catch them all is Pokemon, the mo- first movie. Oh, God. That was that big of a hit? Yeah. I, I, I saw it in the theater, guys. Really? Jeez. I took my nieces. Oh. They really were into Pokemon at that time. We sit there and watch in the theater. Mm. I hated it. <laughs> the Pikachu one a couple years ago was watchable. Detective Pikachu, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, November twelfth, uh, y'all will want to talk about this one. I may have to step away for just a second, but uh, the Where's Marlo? Nobody cares. The Messenger, the story of Joan Arc. I remember that people thinking that might be a hit. It made fourteen million. It was not a huge hit. Yeah, it was not. That's uh, directed by uh, the guy. Uh, blah blah blah. The oh. David, they go and ahead. Stars, the stars, the fifth element. Yeah. Felicia's journey. Anywhere but here, which made eighteen million dollars. But the one that won the weekend and would go on to make forty-three million dollars is this little film called Dogma. Mm-hmm. I figure y'all yeah. might want to pause to talk about Dogma for a second. I guess. I it didn't seriously. see Dogma until it was on video. I didn't get to see it in a the theater. I saw it in the theater. I don't um, remember it playing it more. It, I, I don't think it, it did. Ever it played didn't. It, it played. Than... It played in, uh, and it probably didn't play where we're located now. I think it played in the big city where I was, uh, you know, traveled back and forth from. I, my friend from high school and I saw it. It is my favorite Kevin Smith film. It is not my favorite Kevin Smith film. I'm curious to go. That's another one that I need to go back and read. Chasing Amy. Um, yeah, I got to give me a minute. Clerks are chasing Amy yeah there's uh, a special place in my heart just simply because that, that's one of those once in a generation where a filmmaker has a voice that speaks to you and you're coming in through at the same time and believe me i'm, I'm the same way that's why that's why kevin smith always said we'll have regardless of his movie choices now you know reboot and uh the new he uh, looks good oh god i'm so excited about the new he but it looks like castlevania yeah it does but 
uh, Kevin Smith is, he is one of my favorite directors. He's one of my favorite screenwriters. He is, uh, and honest to God, if, if I had to choose a career, I would have chose his, right? He writes amazing comic books. He does. He, but he, you wouldn't have wanted to do all those stage shows and talk all the time. That's not, really... no, that's not me. I would bypass that and just do the, do that stuff. <laughs> just do, just do the dog. Just do. Yeah. 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 Do the view askew movies. Yeah. The view askew movies. He talked about that. There was a, he at, there was a point in his life where he would have been happy to spend the next 30 years making the same damn movie over. Yeah. And, and I'm glad, I mean, granted he has branched off. I, I, I do love red state. I didn't like it at first, but I do love it now. I love Tusk. I, I, you know, I, I cop out has its moments, even though it is a terrible film. Um, it's just too long. Yeah. Just too long. It's and Bruce Willis was, a, was not again, somebody who's probably a bigger prick than Alec Baldwin would be Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, now, I, but dogma didn't speak to me. And I want, I've often wondered is because I knew nothing of Catholicism. And see, I didn't know much of Catholicism either, other than my, at the time I married a Catholic now, but I was, I didn't know her then. But no, um, Dogma, I don't know why it spoke to me as much, even more than so than Chasing Amy, because I saw Chasing Amy and I'm like, this is, this is it. This would be the movie I would want to make. But Dogma came along. I mean, it, I just love his take on religion and Catholics hated it. They wanted it banned. Oh, it's a different and, and it was just, and it, nobody in certain places would not show it because yep. of, of that. It's kind I, of like the whole thing about Rob Zombie's first film. I, and then you watch and you're like, what, what was the big deal? Well, the story behind, and that's, that's a almost a whole episode altogether of us talking about house of a thousand corpses. The story yeah. of how it got released is almost better than the movie. But and, you know, the same thing with dogma, one of the best parts about dogma and Kevin Smith, I want to go, I've never been able to go back and find the news clip of it. There, he went to New Jersey and he actually went, posed as one of the protesters against dogma and he actually got interviewed by a news crew and he flat out just ripped it saying that you shouldn't see this movie it's hilarious that he did that to his own film <laughs> and you know like i said granted art you know visually and artistically it's no not one, the bit no it's one not the, the kevin smith filmed for the visuals yeah no but if you if you just want to laugh and then see a great story a fun take on god it's worthwhile. I, and, 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 and for God's sakes, George Carlin. That's true. But you know, I, you know what I need to do because I really haven't watched them in probably a decade. I, I want to, I'm sitting there thinking, man, it's been a long time. They're over there with dust on them. I need to go back and watch them in order and see how I feel. I've probably seen clerks more recently than anything else. I've seen clerk. I've what, you know, that's I even like funny. clerks too. I like clerks too, quite a bit as, yeah. as well. And uh, you know, I've seen clerks. I've, <clears throat> sorry. I've watched Mall Rats repeatedly and I've watched Jason Amy a bunch. Lately, I haven't watched Dogma. And it's kind of funny that I didn't realize it was 1999. I've been wanting to go back and watch it. I've actually got the DVD out and I'm going to put it in as soon as I can find time to watch I it. I didn't realize it made 40 some million either. I didn't either. I'm kind of shocked. Dogma. I thought it was. What I was going to say, Dogma deserves. I, I love Dogma. Dogma. God, it's hard to say. Uh, and Joe and I have a story about dogma that's unrelated to this podcast that I won't go into. What well, the, here's a funny story. A girl, gonna, a, it involves a girl. Well, did you all? Oh, damn it! Tell me the story. I will talk about it afterwards. Dogma. Hold now, on. Which girl? Just give me a hint. She was in your apartment, and she and she found out that I really like dogma. Jessica. No. We'll talk about it after. So dogma, by the way, no, when y'all saw dogma in the theater, did you have anybody walk out? I didn't see it in the theater. No. 
I never I, had one person because the people I, I, who, I, I, I didn't know you didn't see it. I saw it in the theater. Oh, no, I didn't see Clerks, Mall Rats, or Dogma in the theater. I saw them all on video, and I'm almost positive because they never played anywhere near. I me. saw Clerks and, and Chasing Amy <clears> on video. My friend had them. He got them from a, a one of those again. Back then, you only had certain video stores that would carry those types of movies, and he had a video store that he went to that I couldn't access, and we watched them. But Dogma it was actually in the theater. Saw Me and him went to the theater to see it, and the only people in there were Kevin Smith fans, so nobody walked out. I Well, I said, because I actually saw it twice. It's a true story. Um, and the first time, I didn't get to finish seeing it, but it wasn't because I was offended, obviously. I was in there with a group of friends, and we, we were enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, I, I looked over at uh, a friend of mine. And he literally was doing like he. And I was like, what? I'm watching the movie. You know, and, and he finally goes, got to go. I guess he was having some sort of allergic reaction to something he had earlier. He had to go to the hospital. Oh, my God. Out. And he literally. But what the funny was, we get out to the car and he's driving to the. You know, he drives because he drove. So he's driving himself to the ER. We're going to, and he said, the only thing that makes me mad about this is they're going to think that I was offended. <laughs> and then we went back and watched it again later. So I paid to see Dogma twice in theaters. You're welcome, Kevin Smith. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny because the only time somebody walked out, is it the Golgothan or whatever? The, the poop yeah, the Golgothan, yeah. 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 Somebody that somebody actually went well. That's going too far, and I'm like, oh wait. So so you honestly think they crucified people and they didn't like they were hung up there for days and nobody relieved their bowels or nothing? I that's can't. Just, and you're okay with Buddy Jesus, but you're not okay with the your was, the Algonquin. He wasn't sent here to give us the willies, Chad. I can't but, do the line. Only Chris Rock can do the line. I'm not even going to attempt to do the line, but it still has one of my funniest funniest lines. I'll just give you the edited version knew him still owes me x amount of money yeah, yeah. now got a bunch of the stuff out of that one of my favorite lines of all time in cinema history is in dogma and that's it yeah and then and then later on down in that same scene they go tell us something that you don't that nobody else know you masturbate constantly well everybody knows that sometimes you do thinking of guys <laughs> <laughs> I no, and speaking of which, what was funny to me was the amount of people that were offended because Alanis Morissette was God. I'm like, that's what got you, okay. Sure. And yeah, one of the and second what, time Alanis Morissette came up this episode. And I, I got to talk about the, the the DVD special edition that I have, and that's one of the best parts about the DVD special edition is sometimes he has a lot of Easter eggs on it, but between playing the movie and going to special features, this old woman comes up and just belittles you for going there and tells you how you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> I got to go back out and check that out. I don't remember that. Oh, it's great. Oh, the days of DVDs. And we're then before an episode about this later on, I haven't pitched it to the boys. And yet. by the way, guys, we're officially at two hours. I, I know. Knew we'd go. Uh, I just want to briefly mention, uh, because as James goes through these, sometimes I'll look them up. You mentioned one called Felicia's Journey. I got to see it now because not only is it a Bob Hoskins film that I haven't seen, uh, it's directed by Adam Egoyen. I can't pronounce his name. I butcher it. Um, oh, the guy that hangs out with uh, Norm MacDonald? No, no, I don't. Th no, not Adam Egan. This is at. Atom, A-T-O-M. Oh, he directed, uh, what's the one with the sex movie? Um, There's Chloe. He directed Chloe, The Captive. I the Sweet Hereafter. Yeah. That's not so. 
Oh, David. If it's Bob Hoskins and I, there's a Bob Hoskins film I have not seen, I've got to check this out. So anyway, go ahead, James. Let's keep the get this captive. done. He also directed The Captive. I said um, The Captive, you deaf fuck. What? Nothing. He you know said. he directed The Captive? Um, Just stalled. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oeuvre. Anyway. Oeuvre. Anyway, uh, so we get that Dogma 43 man. Uh, midweek releases 42 up documentary and Liberty Heights. Three million dollars. I don't know. I've heard of uh, it. November 18th. Mary Levinson film, I think. November I think 18th. Um, uh, which is, I guess, a Thursday. Thursday, release, Adrian Brody. An yeah. early release of uh, on November 18th, Mansfield Park would go on to make $4.7 million. Mm-hmm. But this is probably what Joe is waiting for. And oh my God, how did I just see one movie this weekend? I must have, I saw all of these eventually. November 19th, of course, the big movie everybody was talking about was the imported uh, Bollywood film, Delagi. But there was three other films that came out. The lowest grossing of which was a Tim Burton horror film called Sleepy Hollow. God, what that was the lowest movie. grossing one. It was a hit. Yeah, let me tell you the other ones. It made $207 million domestically. Yes, huge movie. It came out against The World Is Not Enough. Okay, yeah. Boo. $361 million. I prefer Sleepy Hollow. I do. Right, actually, I watched watch both of them. I'd watch them again. And The World Is Not Enough has one of the better tw- uh, late 20th century Bond songs. That being said. That's all that movie's got going for it. That, that Pierce Brosnan. Keep going. That failed to the number one movie that came out this week. I didn't know all three of these came out. Toy Story 2. <laughs> $511 million. Well, Pixar did something that Disney was never able to do. They they made a sequel that was... I don't know that Toy Story 2 is as good, but they made a sequel that is damn near close. That mm-hmm. That was... You watched it and go, oh, I didn't know I needed that sequel, but I definitely needed that sequel. Same yep. thing with Toy Story 3. Not yep. so much for four, but I uh can we talk about Sleepy Hollow for a second? No, yeah, I, I love to talk about it. You want me to get my, my dreams fingers? growing up as a, and people know me, I wanted to be a filmmaker, and of course I failed at every every moment of it. But I would have loved to have done my I had a dream. I, I had the whole opening of what I would have done with Sleepy Legend of Sleepy Hollow shot in my head. And I went to see that opening weekend, and I thought, well, I couldn't have done that any better. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, there's certain things that I would have loved to have done where I said, I have said out loud to, or to myself, I think I could have done that better. But Sleepy Hollow, yeah, I, I know great. he turned it into kind of a slasher film, but at the same time, it's, man, that's got a great cast. It's got a great opening. It's got great music. Shot. I, I, it's one of my, yep, there he is. I've got yeah. mine up here on the wall, James. If you're if you're listening to us, James has got the headless horseman, Christopher Walken, dolls. We can't hear you, James. James, your mic is turned off. I've got one in the box too, but this is my one for playing at my desk at work. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get one for playing. I didn't think about that, I, dude. I did, I actually have three of them because somebody got me one. It was considered a variant because it comes with the skull head too. But there were some that had the skull head on in the box. Oh, so I had one with this pose in still in the box and i have one of those people gave them to me they were from mcfarland toys i'm looking up you could get ichabod the headless horseman and the chrome which was the old witch that lived in the yeah the only i wish they would have made a christina ricci one but that's that's just for me 
but just for you she's never doing the show now katrina van I, lo- I saw sleepy hollow man i just i loved it i loved it yeah, it, yeah. i i saw it probably three times it was my movie that year i mean where i just man it was somebody i can remember i was let's see that was november yep Boy, I, that's, that's I, can't even got christopher lee in it Michael oh yeah Campbell. as the judge right yeah, he's the no, judge. Yeah. He's the one that sends Ichabod to. Uh, oh, and and of course, and she was in every. Um, who plays his mother? Tim Burton. Oh, uh, Lisa Marie. Lisa yeah. Marie. I, I mean, who every, who is beautiful still? God, yes. Every everything about that movie. The f- tone of it, even the, though she pretty much just avoided Jay, Chad and I, just so she could make her way. And and who could blame her? to go over to to chris sarandon who by the way is also still quite fetching at 70 something chad yeah i'm i'm not gay but that dude looked good in his 70s he looks better than i'm going to oh he make it if i make it to 70 oh yeah i mean a lot better than you yeah, yeah no, and yeah. you know the thing with Tim Burton, you can judge some of his choices later later on now in the last oh I don't know. But that was eight, his follow up eight to years. Attacks, which was a huge bomb, right? Uh, I think yes, it was Mars, it was Mars Attacks, and then three years later we got Sleepy Hollow, and then uh, three years, two years after that we got Play of the Apes. Um, and then later we got Big Eyes. I still haven't seen it. I can't make myself watch it. It's, well, it's a true story, right? It's, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's not memorable. Did you, did you see it, James? Yeah, I mean, because it's based on a true story, right? It's based. It's one where I'm like, Tim Burton must just like the art. He must like the art. I just doesn't, it, it doesn't even look like a Tim Burton film. Because I yeah, watched but, a documentary, or I watched something about it, and you know, basically, it's. I mean, the the gist of it, and the reality <laughs> is that the woman did the paintings, and the man claimed all the credit. Yeah, and and but but Tim Burton, yeah, we're never. Is there ever going to be another Tim Burton? I don't think there is. You, no, probably not. You know, even for the good and for the bad, it's all been slightly interesting. Most yeah. of it, eighty percent of it, has been at least interesting. And, and I agree with that. No, I, I I love Sleepy Hollow. It's one of the first. Uh, it's on my wall. It was one of the first movie posters, the original movie posters uh, I ever owned. It, yeah. I think it's actually number two or three when i started my one sheet collection just just a fantastic movie next all right let's go so, i'm getting well, tired again, and my dog's so, still farting so those three movies came out and in total made over a billion dollars which now a billion dollar film but this would have been rare that you would have had a weekend where three movies came out and they blew up that big the next weekend there's a horror action film release that actually goes under gross more than sleepy hollow which i did not know this about this End of Days would go. End of Days made more than Sleepy Hollow. I remember it being not a hit. Two hundred twelve million dollars. It is not a good movie. No, it's not. I saw that in the theater. I saw it in the theater too. But it has some pretty scenes. But it's not a good movie. I can't tell you anything about the film. It's got a great soundtrack. It may. It It, may have. It's got Eminem. It's got. uh, It's got a great. I mean, if you like horror, thumping, rap, and everybody was taking advantage. Yeah. Everybody was taking advantage of the 1999 Y2K return of the century. I mean, everybody was just. Uh, so End of Days was a big movie. Uh, other movies that came out, Flawless, which was a drama, mm-hmm. Ride with the Devil, the Western, and then Tumbleweeds. Uh, and then the, there was a midweek release of Two by Four and Spanish Fly. Okay. We're, in December. Jim Duggan. We're into December, y'all. 
Let's do it's this. Almost over. You can turn. You can turn us off now. What? <laughs> they turned uh, us off. They turned us off right around American Beauty. <laughs> the only film that is uh, that that defined what I, what was going on in most of the '90s for most people, Virtual Sexuality comes out December third. I don't know. Hell's Kitchen, not a hit. Agnes Brown. Uh, man, none of these went on. Holy Smoke. Stick in my mouth while I listen to him. If Holy Smoke. YouTube, you can switch Anybody over to know about Holy Smoke? It looks no. like a bad cigar. It looks like a prop cigar. Um, and the it big movie. Even week, better. <laughs> the two big movies: Sweet and Low Down, romantic comedy, and the end of the affair. Woody Allen. The what end of the. The end of the affair was the big was ten million dollars is what it, all it made, but it was the drama December eighth Cradle Rock. Oh, okay. So can I talk about this one for a second? Yeah, let me take it. it out of my mouth. And the Cradle will we'll rock. rock. So uh, I, for someone who's obsessed with Orson Welles, or I don't know if I'm obsessed, but I'm very interested. It's about the Mercury Theater. They were doing in New York, part of the FDR New Deal was that they had to also put actors to work and they would do uh, community theater. And Chad, back me up or whatever when I get something wrong here. They, Orson, made a lot of money when a lot of people were broke doing a lot of this. Between this and radio and whatnot, he made more money there than he did in the movies, okay? Yeah. Radio was huge. So they had the Mercury Theater and they were going to do this musical play called the cradle rock. That's basically about socialism and they weren't allowed to do it. And then they went ahead and did it. Uh, the movies about them going ahead and doing it anyway, for at least one showing and then leading up to not being able to do it. And so if you ever get the chance, I think it's a pretty good kind of a little bitty. I don't know. It's directed by Tim Robbins, but it's, it's a small, window into what a little time period in america was at that point sorry just want to let everybody Actually, know that i don't think anybody ever remembers that movie so i i recommend it i need to watch it because that's one of the things if you read victoria price's biography of vincent price she does a little bit of the window into the time when vincent price worked for the mercury and, yeah. and there's there's some comments about vincent and orson and i'm like god that would have been a great room to Can be you imagine in. Can you imagine them talking back and forth? And, and evidently not always getting along. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, which it would be, I mean, and that's the entire thing. Um, but anyway, so that came out. Did John Houseman was, was there too. Yeah, yeah. And I want to get into this other weekend because it's another great weekend where, where we movies that people still... Oh, I didn't know my microphone was off. Um, we do need to talk real quick about Crater Will Rock. Angus McFadden is Orson Welles. He's Phenomenal. really good yeah, and then there's Hank Azaria, Joan Cusack, John Cusack, Carrie Elways, Bill Murray. And it's directed by Tim Robbins. And it's directed by Vanessa Redgrave, Susan Sarandon, John Turturro, Bob Balaban, Jack Black, people. The I'm cast of this is back and, Yeah, I mean, You want me I'm to keep on talking it. about it? I can. Have you seen it, Chad? I haven't seen it in so long. Paul Giamatti's in it. Anything with Paul Hank uh, Azaria is the guy who's slightly crazy who wrote the musical. Uh, the credit Mark Blitzstein. Yeah, so we got to see this movie again. Anyway, go um, ahead. December 10th. Here's the movies that come out again. I'll start with the ones people might not remember. Cherry, romantic comedy. The War Zone, Wallowitch and Ross, Miss Julie, Jerome, Diamonds, and the ones that people will know. And God, I saw two of these three in theaters. 
Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. Saw theater too. Hold <laughs> on, let me. I did. I did I not know this. It. This was another one that won the Oscar. It did not win as many as American Beauties, but it did. It, American Beauties. That's the follow up. That all right. Uh, the Cider House Rules. Yeah. Which I actually really appreciate. And by the way, this is where we first met, or where a lot of people first met. It's not the first thing. Toby McGuire, who would go on to be some sort of spider human. Yep. Um, but I didn't know this. Did you know Deuce Bigelow amazing. made more money than the Cider House Rules? What did? Deuce Bigelow out earned the Cider House Rules, which for a while we didn't Bigelow, get the sequel. To the Cider a House Rules. sequel. It's not a good movie for some odd reason. I enjoyed it. I, I do. I saw it in theaters, and it's it's literally gave me. I will defend, and I appreciate. It. I that saw a stand up comedy. I do like. Um, uh, shoot, why am I blanking on his name? Deuce Bigelow. I like that act. I mean, he. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. I want to say Ron for some reason. I do like Rob Schneider. I don't know why. It's one of those things that I can't tell you why, but I, he's entertaining to me. I think it's because he, I, I could understand every character he's played. I think the only movie Rob Schneider's, and I, not criticizing you at all, but I think the only Rob Schneider film I've actually liked is Bench Warmers. Oh, Bench Warmers. And I think Bench Warmers had a place in my heart because I saw it, it does. Theater with that lady. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't gonna stick that in his mouth, is he? Ma'am, you walked into a Rob Schneider. You'd be film. so pissed if we hadn't saw that at the Dollar Theater. Oh, I know, but it changed the once again the gestalt of the film. Uh, but the movie that came out and crushed both of those, and also got some Academy Award buzz, The Green Mile, man, ninety nine. I saw that in the theater, so sick. I was running a fever, For and I was Cowboy. crying, crying at the end of that movie um i want to also this actually was released on a saturday so those were all came out they released one film on a saturday and it's because it was an international film and i need to at least mention it because two or three years later y'all will have to correct me but it got remade as an american film and starred ted Raimi. uh ringu yep the original film was released which we know is the ring yeah and that came out, and the 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 non dubbed version of it would go on to make twenty four thousand dollars, which is pretty good for you didn't dub film. Yep. December seventeenth. Um, I'll start from the bottom. Man, there's a lot that came out then too. Uh, Dahek, a burning passion, no idea. Anakin, simpatico, uh, which would almost make a million dollars. But let me get into the ones that people may know. Some of which didn't go on to do too well. Sunshine. Topsy Turvy. Topsy Turvy's is about uh, what's oh what are the Rankin and it's not Rankin and Bass. What's what's it's the famous duo musical duo? Hammer uh, Rogers and Hammerstein. There's a bunch of them. Gil, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. It's which, about Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, stars Jim Broadbent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about Gilbert and Sullivan though, right, Chad? Are you looking at it? Yeah, Gilbert and Sullivan. Right. So there's three move four movies that made money that people may remember and and the king which is re, uh the king and i remake mm-hmm. boo um and then bicentennial man Ugh. 87 million dollars all that in the theater too man robin williams jacob the liar and by Bi- there's too much going on there um magnolia you save me that in the theater won't you save me i i downloaded that there, there was a thing called napster kids um i later bought the album that I, I haven't seen Magnolia in a long time. I wonder how it feel. I at the time, you know, most people my age were just shitting on it because it's so long, but I really enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed it too. And yeah, I kind of want to watch it now to see if it still holds up. It did not win the weekend because it yeah. got burned alive by a film called Stuart Little. $298 million. Oh, that's man. insane. You forget that Stuart Little was such a hit. That's It's a very well-made kids film. That's the, probably the first place I was aware of Hugh Laurie. Laurie. Oh, man. But, but I don't know that anybody talks about Stuart Little now. God, this is... Uh, so the next week, we have a Tuesday release, which I guess they moved to Tuesday because Wednesday was already... Re- it's because of Oscar bait. Yeah, and Christmas. Yeah. To, uh, December 21st, we got Girl Interrupted, mm-hmm. which is, if you've not seen it, it's pretty solid cast. A lot cast. of people love that movie. That is something I think still is talked about. It's And it's a solid cast. But December 22nd, and I did go see th- this. I saw one of these. You can guess which one. We go on to make $47 million, Man on the Moon. Yep. God, I love them. I've got the poster over there on my wall. All, that in the theater. Um, all I was doing. December 22nd also, though, gave us Any Given Sunday. It's all that in the theater. Holy shit, what in the hell was I doing? Because I saw all these in the theater. I was doing nothing but going to movies. It is going to get weirder. December 24th, we get, and of course, this would be the ultimate Oscar bait, last pitch, also holiday. Mm -hmm. All these movies came out. I'm going to make fun of one first, and it's not going to mean anything to anybody. Uh, Pink Narcissus, I can't say it. Play it to the bone. Anybody want to talk about play it to the bone? I enjoy play it to the bone. That's the semi sequel to White Men Can't Jump, right? It's uh, not kind of. It's Will. It's Woody Harrelson and uh, Antonio Banderas. They're friends. Oh and, no, I'm thinking of Money Train. Yeah. Yes, that's Money Train. That that's is not. Train. Yeah, no. Sorry. Play, play it to the bone is. Um, I don't remember. Uh, it. Yeah, it's a uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Antonio Banderas. They're out they're on their way out boxers here they're old they they're way past their prime they're fighting like these these schlocky fights but somebody says hey if you come to vegas you will be the opening fight for this big match and they're best friends but they have to fight each other so it's them on the road talking about the boxing you know it's a it's a road comedy basically yeah. and they're going they're going to vegas uh, to fight each other it's a, it's it's a it's a solid film. If Forgive you, if you me, but it. I think it's written and directed by the same guy who did Bull Durham. Uh, I want to say you're right. I, yeah, I can't think of his name right now. He also directed one of James's favorite movies, Cobb. Yeah, Cobb. Uh, Ron Shelton. Ron yes. Shelton. I couldn't. That's think right. Of Ron yes. Name. And, and by the way, I love Tin Cup. He also wrote yeah. and directed Tin Cup. Me and James have that in common. Cobb's one of my favorite films as well. Uh, but um, yeah, no, uh, it I. I I really recommend play it to the bone. It's if, especially because Antonio Banderas and Woody Harrelson, two great actors playing off one another. And then you, uh, then you add um, Lola Davidovich. Lola Davidovich. What did I say? I don't, I, it may be Lola. I, I would just say. No, it's Lolita. It's Lolita Davidovich. She's in another great uh, Ron Shelton film called Blaze about Blaze star, the famous uh, strip tease lady. And we could, and by the way, Joe, play it to the bone also has Ada Totoro in it. The, oh. from the sopranos yeah yeah yeah. we mentioned earlier go james go. all right get us I've out of december mention, so we can end this thing i've got to mention this one because i've got to make fun of it. and there's i'm going to mention somebody that's never going to watch this show but i'm going to say it because it literally i made i literally would just stop and say the title of this movie just to make this person angry because they wanted to see it so bad and i made fun of them for wanting to see it 
Uh, sorry, Darshiki, if you're listening. Snow falling on cedars. Oh. It's based on a novel. I'm not, but I remember we were watching trailers for different movies, and she goes, oh, are you going to go see that? To me. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's a romantic drama, you say. No. No, I'm not going to. And she'll be, oh, but you don't, you, you don't know what it's about. It's, and I'm like, so uh, literally, she would walk in. She was an RA with me. And she would walk in and be like, oh, never mind. You should go. And I literally would just look at her. And it was my end to every conversation we had. I'd literally just shake my head and say, snow falling. Did it for two years. Still have never seen snow falling on cedars. Uh, evidently, me and it uh, made $14 million, but that was about it. Now, that being said, I do want to mention one because it's probably one of the best adaptations ever of my favorite Shakespeare work Titus. With God, Ty- I've is never- that not you've never seen Titus? I've never seen it. Oh my God. With Tony Hopkins, right? Yeah. I've never seen it. It, it is phenomenal. It is so so. If it's based on Titus Andronicus, which is my favorite Shakespeare, it used to be considered one of Shakespeare's "quote unquote" dirty plays. It was considered not as good as his other one. It's now those are getting reevaluated, and people are are "quote unquote" rediscovering them. And Joe, you've got to see. There's one scene, and Joe James knows what I'm talking about. There's one scene that will truly haunt you. I would love to watch it. I I put it on my queue. If you uh, well, and it and it's directed by Julie Tamer too. Titus is Titus Andronicus. The actual play is you're not going to go into don't don't tell us the story. It, no, it's it's one of Shakespeare's most brutal brutal plays. And it, it is there is limbs lost and all and how they did right. it on stage. Then, if you go back and look at the history of how he staged it, it was brutal to perform. Anyway, so there's that. We get that. So I've done play it to the bone. So what are the big big movies that come out then? Oddly enough. Cirque du Soleil released The Journey of Man as a musical. It made $27 million. Nobody talks about that one anymore. Uh-huh. Other ones based on books, Frank McCourt's Angela's Ashes wasn't a huge hit, but it made $13 million and got some Oscar buzz. Yeah. Most important to me, though, are two other films. Titus is one I want to talk about because I love Titus. But the ones that went on to make quite a bit of money and still are talked about today, the best Star Trek, non-Star Trek film, Galaxy Quest. Yeah. $90 million. Holy shit. That came out, the, that, came out that late in the year? Damn. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had to get it out for the Oscar. Yeah. yeah. We should have went to uh, Snape. Why did I forget Alan Rickman's name? Uh, but the other one, which has had tons of sequels and things like that, that followed the other books in the series, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh. I prefer okay. Galaxy Quest. Well, I, they're two very different films. <laughs> I watched the talented Mr. Ripley later, and then I watched the, they made another one where what's the one with John Malkovich? John Malkovich played him later, which and they're both good. Well, I was about to say there's a series of books. They're based on right, the, right, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the other one is, but I'm yeah, they're both the good actually. Um, and then December 29th, at the very end of the year, we get three films, most of which people aren't going to remember, but there is one I want to mention: the third miracle. Mr. Death and and the hurricane. The hurricane's the one people might oh, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denzel Washington playing uh, a Bob Dylan song. That was the <laughs> well, that was the one that was the one where he was supposed to win the Oscar. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin Spacey upset him that year. Remember? Yeah. 
That was going Kevin to Spacey upset a lot of leaving Oscar. So he won for Glory. It's the best supporting, but he had never won the best actor. And he wouldn't win it. I, training Day is Training Day's first Oscar for, uh, uh, for, for leading actor. Did he win for Glory? He won for best supporting actor. That's what I just for, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't listening. I know. <laughs> I literally just had all that come right out. You Titus. Know, he win for Glory. Titus, really good, huh, James? He win for Glory. Oh, Titus, I, I think tell he you. won for Glory. Did he? The, the, I, the, Titus, I tell you, I mean, what he does to his own daughter, I tell you, that is. Whew. So, yeah, yeah, no, unfortunately, Denzel didn't win for Hurricane. He did win for Training Day. And I don't know if you know this, Joe. He did win for Glo- uh, Glory. I heard something but it was about best it. I may <laughs> have already said it. All right, guys. Well, that's been 1999. See, I told you, a lot of people out there talk about 99 and the importance of the year. And I think, I, man, I, after going through it, yeah, I got to agree. There's a lot of movies in there that we'd never seen they're like before. And I don't know that I've seen since. I, and a lot of people remember Star Wars, but I mean, honestly, matter of fact, there's a documentary that came out last year about how important Galaxy Quest was. Yep. And I watch it and I'm like, God, it was. It really was. I mean, it's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Star Wars was just a bleep on everything else that came or one of as far as cultural impacts. That's. I mean, so, the Matrix. Fight I would say Star up. Wars: The Phantom Menace was no Matrix. And by the way, Galaxy Quest is a pure example of how marketing can ruin a film. Yes, that's a, that's what Galaxy. Unfortunately, that's the cal- the the category that Galaxy Quest falls in. It is a classic. It is a great film, but marketing can kill it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our fourteen hours of nineteen ninety. Oh my god! I some of these weekends though they released fourteen movies. They don't um, do that anymore now. Well, that's know, because they're all on streaming. Well, but the flip side of that, though, is, I mean, we would look at some of these weekends and somebody would have budged. Somebody would move. That happens much more now. I yep. mean, we, we see it with Marvel movies. Marvel announces they're claiming, you know, June 10th or whatever. And then another company, will go, oh, we're moving away from June 10th. We'll reschedule our two, ours two weeks later. I don't think we saw that much in 1999. No, probably not. No. <laughs> I knew it was important, but going through the date to date, it was fascinating. So let's wrap it up. This has been Bonehead Weekly. We'll be back next week with not we, 1990. Not this. We will not. We'll take a I'm break. Sorry, I think we've got a couple of interviews coming up. We hope you all enjoy them. Yeah. With yeah. 1999. We're interviewing That's a the subject. Yeah, basically. 1990. Get your ass in here. And you, <laughs> you get it here. And you explain that Y2K shit to us and what you was thinking. Father Time doesn't get in here and told us some stuff. <laughs> Oh, all right. Good night.